This is Fight Together. In this series, we explore the major themes, stories, influences, and ideas in One Piece, as well as the reverberations it has made in the real world. We do not shy away from the uncomfortable. We critique and criticize, and we explore topics that polarize. We hope you listen with open minds and open hearts. This is Episode 7, Transgender Representation. This is Fight Together, and this week we're talking all about transgender representation in One Piece. I am one of your hosts, Zach. Uh, also with me, he is a director on Rick and Morty and Teen Titans Go. Brian Newton is joining me. How's it going, Brian? Hi, ho. Uh, from Critical Bits, Struggle Sessions, Strucci Movies, Shannon Strucci is with us once again. How's it going, Shannon? Really excited for this episode. Happy to be here as always, but particularly excited for this one. Same here. Uh, and we have three very special guests with us. Uh, first, from uh, our sister podcast, Toho Yaro, we have V. How's it going, V? Pretty good. I'm excited to be here. That's great. Uh, we have screenwriter joining us uh, for the first time for this podcast. We have Carol Grant. How's it going? Hi. Nice to meet you all. Really excited to be here. Yeah. Great to have you on. Um, and Thank you so much. Last but certainly not least, we have non-binary game developer Donnie with us. How's it going, Donnie? Good. Uh, also very excited. Uh, very intimidated to be on here, but uh, feeling good. <laughs> um, Shannon, do you want to turn up the intimidation for us? Um, <laughs> no, I'm bit? here to turn it down. I'm the the oh. very chill. I'm like, it's, sorry, it's, I get that I'll... mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're just here to chat about anime. It shouldn't be uh, intimidating. It should be fun. Oh, like, no, anime is not intimidating. Um, <laughs> usually. Uh, so yeah, we're. I've, I'm very excited to talk about this as well. Um, this is this is I think one of the first ideas we had to do for for this next slate of episodes because uh, last time we talked um, in our Pride and Pirates episode. If you haven't listened, please do. We we talked about it, but I also felt like we didn't have any actual transgender representation to tra- talk about the um, both the the good and the bad uh transgender um topics in one piece um so i I wanted to definitely revisit it um in a little more depth um but let's just go around the room uh talk about your experience um with one piece anime generally um let's start with uh donnie do you want to start with yeah would you like to start yes so uh my one piece history i got into it the way a lot of people do in the early 2000s by watching the four kids dub uh that good old <laughs> oh, yeah good old classic anime dreaming yeah it, <laughs> like and i didn't realize at the time how edited it was i think i was young enough that i didn't think they could do that i'm so sorry for you and there were certain things that stood out being like oh it's weird that we never saw belmare again when she got put in the dungeon like she wasn't killed. <laughs> the shadow, our long shadow realm. That's yeah, weird. God, I- I'm so glad you were young enough to experience that confusion because it pissed me off when I saw that line. Oh, I was like 14 and just enraged. I was like angry out of proportion. I was so mad. And I, I just so 
then I fell out of it for a bit, uh, got more into Naruto, and then it was probably 2006, 2007, got back into it because someone on a forum I was on had a like a forum signature of Frankie, and I was like, oh, who is that character? Um, which made me jump back in. Then I started reading uh, scans, unfortunately, because I had no other way. And that was around, then got caught up around 2007 and have read it uh, weekly since. Nice. Um, and uh, specifically in regards to like this topic, I, I remember reading it week to week when we got to Impel Down and Evenkov. And remember at that time, not really, nothing phased me. It wasn't, nothing stood out. I was just like, oh, cool. I didn't kind of think of One Piece in more of like, political and social commentary at that time, which is really strange now if you look at my Twitter. Uh, but but it wasn't anything that made me mad. I was just like, oh, okay, cool, and moved on. And because it wasn't until 2018 that I kind of uh, came out as non-binary and kind of understood my own gender identity. I didn't even know the term non-binary existed till 2018 and kind of went from there. And then going back and rereading those parts of One Piece kind of it hits me a lot differently now. Hmm. Um, Carol. Uh, so I am, I'm actually really recent to one piece and I really wish that I wasn't, I wish I had this thing like much <laughs> sooner in my life, but basically I, for, for part of my uh, screenwriting research, I uh, decided to read it thinking I'll read a couple chapters, see, see what's going on here. And then just 200 chapters later, I am just like devouring chapter upon chapter on the Shonen Jump app, just (laughs) constantly reading and then watching the anime and just uh, getting absorbed in this world. And it became such a fucking uh, culture shock, I guess, once I finally uh, caught up. And now I'm at like chapter 1003, like everyone else. And now I don't know what to do with my life. So thank you guys for giving me this outlet. To... This is the best part because now you can just talk about it with the rest of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because before I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be spoiled because there's always so many revelations every week. It's absurd. Yeah, that's, I, I think there was someone, um, I was always afraid we couldn't get like all the fans in, like people who are still watching. But we're like, feel like being that prize at the end of the, you know, when you need more One Piece to consume. That's that's you know what what this whole community is all it's about. The extended universe of One Piece. <laughs> yeah. We should start. We should start making up more of the universe. I think that would really extend it. Uh, v, what about you? Um, I feel like I'm an old here. Uh, so. I- <laughs> Doubt it. Uh, I've always been a yeah, I was big, gonna say. um uh Japanophile and anime fan since I was little and uh, I think One Piece started coming out while I was in college. And to me at first it was like, oh, this is just another Shonen Jump series and read it through I think Baroque works and then just kind of fell off. And then like a decade later I had a bunch of friends who were really into it and so i would keep up with it kind of like asking them what was going on and doing wiki dives and stuff uh but it wasn't until the past year that i sat down and like caught up with it and i'm now also reading uh issue to issue and yeah it's just it, it has been like a low simmer in my life that finally crept up to like a full boil 
uh, within the past year. Uh, what, quick question. What was the impetus to make you say, all right, I'm just going to catch up myself? Uh, just wanting to be able to like be part of the conversation. So like I, I started reading currently and then while also reading week to week because I had enough knowledge from friends keeping me up and like I said, wiki diving to go back and fill in from where I left off and actually like get the whole thing. Cool. Um, Shanna, do you want to start the, uh, the discussion in, in earnest? Sure. Um, <laughs> if not, I can, yeah, go ahead. I guess we could start with, um, like what, I, Bon Clay coming in and around Ala, like a little bit before Alabasta. That's the first like remotely a trans like trans identified character in the entire or a trans coded rather character in the whole series, right? Because like I mean, earlier on, like Belmare is pretty heavily to me like lesbian coded, and you have stuff like that. But uh, Bon Clay's introduction, and I I was talking about this before we recorded. When I have friends, especially like queer and trans friends who are reading One Piece for the first time and they get to Bon Clay and Bon Clay just looks like a giant stereotype. They're like, oh no. And I'm always like, well, I mean, everyone is entitled to their own opinion or how they feel about a character because it's so personal. But to me that the New Kama Island stuff later on and, and certain other um, aspects of the series are very transphobic or very upsetting to me. Well, Bon Clay is like one of my favorite characters and one of the few characters that I've um, found that are like really flamboyant and really themselves, but still a really Im- important part of the story and a really beloved character. So we could just kind of go through the series chronologically if y'all want to, um, yeah. and talk about the, the sort of like I'd the hot spots that, yeah. of trans rep in one piece. Um, <laughs> especially too. I don't think I, I don't know if I was like out when we talked about queer stuff before on the show, but I'm, I also identify as non-binary and I think Bon Clay and, and some of the other characters are really, for me are really cool. And I, I really like, uh, how they're represented. Uh, unlike the new comma stuff. So that's sort of my point of view. If anyone wants to, whoever wants to start, or we can go. (laughs) I, uh, I feel like I'm in a a weird minority, uh, among the one piece fandom in that. I really do not like bond clay. Oh, that's totally fair too. I'm Um, interested to hear uh, about that too. So it was interesting listening to the first, uh, uh, first episode of this and being like, I want, I want to be the person that gets upset about Bon Clay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've only been out as a trans woman, uh, I think for a year and a half now, but it's something that I've always known about myself. I just didn't think that I could, because I am a very large person. I didn't think I could pass. And that shaped a lot of my decisions, but also related to that, a lot of depictions of non-binary or uh, trans women in media uh, had a lot of the like fear that I have of, especially the, the Japanese Okama stereotype, like not the one piece context, but the broader Mm. uh, Japanese Mm. Okama stereotype of like Mm. the, the beard shadow and rosy cheeks and everything. And so when Bon Clay showed up, it he was very much a manifestation of those kinds of insecurities in me. And so I even w- once you get a better grip on his character and the fact that he is actually very heroic and powerful and sympathetic, 
those things uh, in my mind, just the, the hurtful presentation that Oda had uh, with Bon Clay and later the other Okama just doesn't quite tip the scales for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'll say, I think we, hold on one sec. <clears throat> I, th- I think we recently talked about um, where he, where the impetus from that came from. I th- we had recently gone through a magazine. I'm not, this is not a defense. This is just like going through. I'm, I'm, um, it was the first time hearing about it that him and Frankie's voice actor and Bon Clay's voice actor, I know Kazuki Yao had visited uh, many of, of those bars. Um, I think when he was first starting the show and that that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, as I think Shannon said too, I completely understand that. Yeah, even the uh, aesthetic yeah. of Bon Clay, uh, like facially, tonally, um, I think Jim Carrey's a reference, but even more to the point of like, uh, God, uh, Jerry Lewis mm-hmm. from The Nutty Professor, like that bowl mm, cut yeah. mixed with probably the uh, the stereotypes of a, like a Okama or trans person at the time. It's like, <sighs> it's it's a weird thing because it's, it's hard to do characters in a broad sense and not make them ridiculous or insulting in, in very stringent ways. And, and what I mean by that is like the character, he's trying to make a character who we're supposed, especially at the beginning, Bon Clay is villainous at the beginning. We forget that now, but like at the time, I bet you he was trying to make a character who we may not initially not like. And so that reading that uh, V probably feels about this character not being like you, you, like you, you have you're 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 probably feeling that like this is supposed to be repulsive. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's the that's the troubling thing when we do characters who we are who we don't represent accurately and there are people out there who do feel like oh they're making fun of me because this is yeah. the way we've always been made fun of. especially like the sanji fight pairing him up with sanji who's such a dick about this kind of yeah. stuff in the story mm-hmm. i haven't seen yeah, that well, in forever, but that's also yeah, I'm like sure we'll have regardless a discussion of how luffy feels sanji. um like you yeah. have yeah sanji's gonna be a big part of this discussion too probably like it's not oh, we're gonna get into sanji yeah oh. it's, it's not <laughs> yeah. um it's not wrong to say that there were absolutely like harmful stereotypes with mm-hmm. Bon Clay and, and the other characters and that it's taken, it, it's me reading, you know, way, way past that and kind of his, like his outfits later on are a little more toned down too. I don't know if Oda did that deliberately, but I a hundred percent agree. And I could understand that being something painful and it doesn't really matter if there are other characters, like there are characters in other anime that are really racist depictions who are like sympathetic characters, but it doesn't make them like not blackface. Right. It doesn't yeah. erase oh, yeah. that yeah. aspect totally. of it. No, exactly. I just find it very frustrating because, like, there there are parts of Bonclay that I do like very much, like mm-hmm. the the monologue about how uh, he contains both male and female and how beautiful that is, and everything. That stuff is great, but just the the packaging surrounding it mm-hmm. is coming from a cis straight male author is just. I'm like you're you're crossing a line that I feel like you need to walk back a little. Yeah, and even more so, we talked about he was introduced as a villain, but he was also introduced in this 
almost clownish way being hooked on the duck. And there's a long running just in media stereotype of trans characters or just queer characters in general are the clown, the comedic characters. And so he comes in almost seeming like a joke before we even really know he's a villain, which doesn't paint the character great as an introduction. Yeah. Especially since he's your first introduction to queerness and transness in the series, but also that the character is about that as well. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if, like, mm-hmm. like Mary from uh, from uh, Usos Village was a trans or queer character. It, it's not even about that character's character or personality at all. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who that is. Remember, he, to... he, had the, he had the fuzzy hair and the little elf. Got yeah, Mary would look, he looked like Mary. Yeah, the the, the first oh, person. Oh, Mary. Yeah, I thought you said I oh, thought you God. said Mary, and I'm like I don't remember anyone named Mary. In yeah, or, or even a okay. uh, Gonzo, Gonzo from a uh, Nami's village. It's like yeah. nothing about Genzo. that character. Genzo, Genzo sorry, Genzo? not Genzo, not Gonzo the muscle. Gonzo's from the <laughs> Gonzo, Gonzo the journals. Also trans. I'm like, wait, Gonzo was <laughs> Gonzo is a non-binary icon. Yeah, yes, no, that is true. That's actually true. Yeah, probably find some Gonzo <laughs> One Piece fan art somewhere. Um, Carol, what's oh. your opinion on on Bon Clay? Uh, I'm 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 personally quite like Bon Clay, even though again, like because this is a cis straight male author, like designing this character, it's obviously got those problems. Especially considering like this is from like late '90s, early 2000s. That's when like you know it just gets a little sketchy right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I think that uh, I I'm always of like two minds about this because I can forgive as long as like the character is just like prideful and dignified in themselves enough. Like even if say the the author or whatever may portray them as a joke, which unfortunately is like always going to be the case in like media made before a certain time because that was just the way things were back then but like you can always kind of find a way to reclaim it i have this one friend of mine and uh they're like they're a big one piece fan and they they're like assigned male at birth and very uh flamboyant and like to wear women's clothing but also with doesn't bother to shave their leg hair and they love bonclay because like they kind of enjoy just the uh the bitchiness and the uh <laughs> just the uh he does not give a single fuck what anyone thinks about him i think there's something valuable there even though again like you can't give him too much credit because again this is oda like a cis straight dude like doing it so it's not like he did this all with the intention of oh i'm going to write this very progressive character but uh right. it there's still like uh, like right away even like even though he's kind of clownish it's like he has this rapport with the straw hats when they first meet that's like they're genuinely like being friendly and having fun together right before they find out that they're on opposite sides of this war that's going on and i think that uh that leading into him turning out to be more noble and heroic near the end of alabasta is sort of what creates that kind of through line that like Oda definitely did have at least something of an inkling in mind that Bonclay was more than a little bit more than just that stereotype, which while unfortunate, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things of like, 
it's something that uh, certain queer people are, are going to have to reclaim because, again, like nothing made before a certain time period is fucking perfect. I, I but, equate it to like black exploitation. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. It's a uh, it's a very specific thing, and Bon Clay has just enough of that. I think camp vibe that feels uh, genuine, and I think that's what sort of carries him from being completely hateable and offensive like the new comma island stuff yes. to genuinely yes. being a fairly cool and positive character because i, I quite like him I, I actually had a very similar first reaction to bond clay and ivakov that like v had at least to bond clay where i was like oh no <laughs> when I first saw this character. That's but like, like I said, a lot of my friends, they messaged me like, Shannon, I'm like, I just, okay, you make your own opinions, but please just, it's not as bad as yeah. it looks, I guess. Well, well, like, <laughs> the bad stuff yeah. is in there, it's later, which is not really reassuring to people. Yeah, yeah. that's not a, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm older, but like, I, I, I read it as like, as seeing enough examples of how the Japanese present like uh, people of color and black people specifically, even though I don't, I'm not always on board with it, I get where it's coming from and I also get where it's problematic. So when I see Bond Clams, like this character is going to be problematic, but I still love him. <laughs> no, just, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's just it was a, it's a natural. Like I felt the same way when Ivakov showed up. I was like, oh, you went too far, Oda. <laughs> well, it's it's like such a it's it's. I mean, this coming from you know white cis guy here. Um, I, it's it's interesting how it could be both. It is like both um, genuine. I think I th- there's a reason Bon Clay really hooks into people. I think um, he is a super sympathetic character. Um, he's a super enjoyable character. But I think you also just like you know, if you just take a sheet of paper and just look at the character, you also know that all the things that V mentioned are absolutely true. Yeah, um, but, as, as but I think it's like what Carol says. Like when we see the Straw Hats enjoying Bon Clay, we enjoy yes. Bon Clay. Well, I forget, mm. Shannon, if, if you're the one who mentioned, but like the idea of seeing characters in the mainstream that you're that, you know, in media um, help people. I forget who mentioned this in what episode, but help people um, kind of get I don't, I don't know the word to oh, use. Oh, yeah, I, I can but, talk about that. I, I'm the, yeah, the I feel like Bon Clay. Yeah, I feel like Bon Clay is a really good example of that even if not done super perfectly or well even at at all times yeah there's this thing called a parasocial relationship where you either a fictional character or celebrity that you're a fan of uh, you feel like you know them or you feel like they're your friend even though they've never met you or they don't exist and then there's something called contact theory or like contact hypothesis that posits the more you're around certain uh like marginalized groups whether it be people of color or, or trans or gay people or so on like you're less likely to be not everyone obviously but you're less likely to be bigoted if you're actually exposed to these people and actually have to interact with them rather than just seeing them as an other so then there's parasocial contact hypothesis which is like media positive media representation they've done like there have been multiple studies on this can reduce bigotry to some extent obviously it's not going to eradicate it like tv and movies aren't going to fix racism and whatever but like, if you look at just anecdotally looking at the comments on One Piece videos, there are always all these comments about like how how Bonclay changed how people saw like gay or trans people, and they're usually not worded great, and you you can't necessarily take that at face value. And again, he is not something like Okiku. I, we can talk about later. I think is a much much yes. more yeah, yeah, much yeah. much 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 more positive. Um, we'll, we'll get there. Representation. Yeah. Yeah, that's way later. Uh, 
Good Lord. But I think chronologically, <laughs> there there is um, there. I, to, not to discount the the stereotypical aspects and and the the harmful um, aspects of the character or how someone would like V was talking about like how that makes you feel that I would never discount that at all and I think that's very especially with Bonclay that's very valid but I, I think it's it is cool looking at comments of people who might be like have never ever met a trans person or ne- or had all or had been raised to see. Uh, queer and trans people as like disgusting or as the other or whatever get really attached to this character and through that have to kind of like confront that in themselves you kind of see like i said yeah. in youtube comments you see that it's not again it's not perfect representation and it's not gonna fix the world's problems but i think it is one positive and i think and, and you like you have to look, like looking at how characters react to bon clay like luffy loves him and does yeah. not reject him at all and is so happy to see him and that's what makes I, the new comma we can okay. the new comma island stuff so upsetting is that they're just portrayed as disgusting as jokes yes. and Sanji's, there is and no that it was re- happening like, at oh, the same on. time. It's yeah, like, that no, was, yeah. why th- that that was that and um, Absalom almost sexually assaulting Nami were the two points for me for One Piece that was like I just this is low, like genuinely this is, this is upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. this is really bad. But yeah, that's my hey, kind Shannon. of. I, I think that's interesting that that they've there have been studies on um, I think like black sitcoms. And then, like, this is kind of silly, yeah, like, Will and Grace now, and Eddie Izzard and stuff. There are, if you look up contact hypothesis, you can read about that. So yeah, that's, that's now, everyone has a, now everyone has a black friend and nobody's racist. <laughs> yeah, it affects <laughs> everything. You know, TV, uh, NBC true, sitcoms apparently. or whatever fixed racism. It's great. But no, it's, it, but <laughs> like, incremental, po- that's why, like, I don't, people get too hung up, I think, on representation versus, like, uh, equality behind the scenes in TV or yes. actual, real, are actually, like, doing stuff in real life. But it is, it does do something demonstrably so yeah it's cool yeah well like i i think it is like one one of those examples that really stick out in my mind um as like the first i i don't want to say it's like the it's the first time i i could remember my near adult life i guess of, of seeing a character portrayed in such a sympathetic light like that um that i could i mean at least in anime that i could think of um with cowboy bebop i think uh, well, I don't, I don't remember that episode that well. I need to go back to that. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Cowboy Bebop episode. Okay, we okay. About. I remember that. I remember that one too. I'm trying to like think of like seminal moments around that, and there aren't a lot. I think anything and else so, I like, would have seen at that point was negative. Same. Right. Right. And like you know, I have very strong negative opinions about South Park, especially now. But like, mm. I'm trying to like think of the things that you know, were out there and a lot of them were hurtful. So to see something, even if done, you know, not in the greatest way, um, I mean, yeah, somewhat I'll go one positively even is way good. back when, uh, in living color had, uh, Jamie Foxx had a character named Wanda. Mm. Oh, Jesus. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like the, the worst kind of like, uh, picking on like trans people. If, if she was even supposed to be trans, but like the regardless of is like a man in drag, it's like that's the idea is the fact that this thing is supposed to come out and like sexually assault men. And that kind of like plays into the stereotypes that like a lot of people have about trans people is the fact that like overly aggressive and uh, like predatory, which is just disgusting. Yeah, yeah versus and I, I think the good thing about Bon Clay is showing your like love of your, you know, of who you are and yourself, no matter the ambiguity behind it. And even if you don't understand it, that doesn't mean that you're any less valid for 
you know, for for being that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Uh, yeah I will say there was I, one of their um Go ahead, go ahead. uh trans adjacent character from anime uh prior to One Piece that I remember and that's actually I don't know the Muspeta name, but in the Robotech dub Lance who uh is a they present male most of the time, but their uh like job is as a female idol singer and uh they in the robotech dub they come off as just like very happy and comfortable and gender fluid and that was actually a pretty early formative like thing i imprinted on wow Hmm. never seen when was that yeah i I haven't either it's one of those blind spots i need to yeah it's it's for us old I'm not sure how old Muspeta is at this point. I think it's probably like late 80s. Yeah. One real uh, quick thing that I want to bring up is that like, and I think it's something that you uh, discussed in the last episode, but I think it's worth bringing up at least briefly here is that uh, Oda designs all of his characters as like very garish and kind of intentionally like maybe not hideous all the time but at least like they've got a kind of like like ugly cool yeah there's a joke to most characters in the series except for like ace maybe Mm-hmm. Yeah, every every character design is very out there and like if not wacky at least like really uh over the top and and the problem with that is that, like, you can see it as, like, uh, p- people will take that as, oh, Oda's just being an equal opportunity offender, which I I do not think that's the case at all. But I will say that, like, even though, like, I love Okiku and Yamato and everything like that, I will also say that, like, oh, if you're, like, just treating, like, trans queer people with baby hands and you're not treating them like all of the other characters, then I would also be somewhat offended. Because it's mm. like, I do want to see the monster queer. I'm I'm a huge fan of, like, the very flamboyant, crazy, like, within reason, obviously. Like, obviously, like, there's a, there's a world of difference between Bon Clay and the new Kama Island natives. Yeah. But uh, th- I, I, at the very least, want it to feel like he's having fun with them. It's not like he's uh, trying to treat it with kid gloves. It's just, it, it, it's not something that he feels, oh, I've got to be super careful with this. I got to make sure that, like, I don't offend anyone. Because then I'm like, D- you don't have to worry too much. Just, like, make something that isn't the worst thing in the world, and I'll be fine <laughs> with it, you know? I do, like, this dignity feels- and oh, humanity. Most exactly. one of these characters yeah. have yeah. some, even if they're the weirdest looking person with the most like bizarre story and stuff, there is some level of like sympathy and dignity and like the characters care about them. And that's, we can go ahead and start if y'all want to, if you, if you didn't have anything else to say about uh, Bon Clay, we could start talking about the new, get the new comma Island stuff out of the way and then move on to more, intru- like more fun, I guess, stuff to talk about. Cause like I said, that for yeah, me was yeah. just devastating. I'm not, yeah. uh, yes. yeah. that. Reading that, I don't know how old I would have been, I guess, a teenager, reading the late teens, early 20s. Um, and I think we determined that was like 09, right? Is that when that o- first? 09 or 0. Actually, yeah, no, 09, because uh, oh, I think Marineford's war was end of 09, beginning of 2010. Yeah, I unfortunately remember, and then I'll then I'll let you all talk. But um, I remember, I think the first chapter we did on the podcast it was the one where Blackbeard and Luffy met in Impel Down. And I think the cover story for that was Sanji running uh, the you know 
uh, in New Common Land. Mm. Um, and I remember us wincing back then about that panel. Um, but yeah, go, go ahead. Um, it's I, this is like the the meat of that compliment sandwich. Where if you're trying to talk yeah. to Udo about the good thing he's doing, like, yeah, this is we, the we'll we'll never be able to live Newcomer Island down because no. it's just going to be a forever like blotch in mm-hmm. Oda's record. Because even if you tell someone, oh hey, Okiku comes on board later, then anyone who reads one piece has the right to fucking give up on it if they yeah. see new comma island because holy yes. fucking shit and the yeah. are we allowed to swear by the way is that cool uh, as much as possible oh. <laughs> yes sure cool fuck yes <laughs> but, and, and just the i would say almost irreparable damage it does to sanji a main character in the series Ugh. that you're supposed to yes. love and want to support and it just paints him in such a horrible light that like has not recovered since for a lot of fans like i think whole cake island did great for his character but he always has that blotch and i know we're gonna get to wano but i think in the back of everyone's mind every chapter is oh god don't let sanji talk to okiko or yamato at all just keep sanji away because we're just it's just so ruined yeah and you don't want like one of your principal characters to not have to interact with other main characters in arc and it's just frustrating it's kind of like having that one friend like you know that one (laughs) friend in the friend group that's just like who's that and it's just we love all the other friends as friend group but he comes with the package and just oh jesus (laughs) and uh, like i i remember when uh the Kamabaka Queendom, Newcomer Island stuff started. Like I said earlier, I still I wasn't very aware of like trans culture. I was very much grew up like Christian, isolated, tiny town, didn't know much. But even then I was reading it and it just felt off to me. Something just Yeah, felt it just weird. feels mean spirited right away in a way that yeah. like a lot of Oda, even like Oda's most garish art doesn't often feel mean spirited yeah. or punching down. So it's just such a weird like and cuz Well, it the, was so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say at the same time you had Impel Down where it reintroduced Bon Clay and while well, again <laughs> we spoke that Bon Clay does have problematic issues. Mon Clay is always painted as such a noble, beloved character that Luffy loves and isn't treated like, oh, this character's disgusting. You're supposed to love and feel emotional, Mon Clay. And then it's almost mirrored by then going to Sanji and be like, yeah, but this island's gross. And it just, it feels so strange to do that. Yeah, it, it's I'm, I'm, almost like Bon Clay is like the model tran yeah. and oh. everyone else is just <laughs> the, oh, God. Well, not even just Bon Clay, but also Eva Cobb. Yeah, yeah. Eva Cobb, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Inazuma. Yeah. Inazuma. That whole crew, which yeah. was shown to be just happy living their best lives, and then you go to an island yeah. where they're supposed to be living their best lives, but now we hate them for it. It's- well... So like I, I'm I'm looking at volume fifty five specifically, and it's like the some of the best Bond Clay stuff specifically. So it's exactly what you were talking about. I was about to say the same thing. It's so weird because he's o- Oda is doing kind of his best and worst work simultaneously when it comes to this subject. Well, not yeah. best, but like okay work at least. But solid, like you, but, you, solid. Best solid. Best you say, you know, yeah, you 
You covered your ass act. You said his best work. You didn't say the best <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> okay. That's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, and, but like Bon Clay is sacrificing his life for Luffy. He's, you know, the whole uh, hang in there when he's like getting his like, you know, the, the, the big poison suction out of him. And, and you get the, the amazing stuff with um I, I, you know, I think the level, maybe not amazing, but the level 5.5, I think it was, you know, all, all of them are, as you said, living their best life they are they're just as, vibing yeah exactly <laughs> and it's the dehumanization i think of what's going on it's it's like beyond mean-spirited worse than mean-spirited i think um it, it's you know the what you see in in sanji's which is happening at the same time chronologically here yeah it's and it's what, baffling to me and what's yeah. also sad because even carol pointed this out earlier is the fact that He's not punching. He's not punching everywhere when he does that. That's like specifically a dark aspect about like uh, anti queerness, yeah. anti transness mm-hmm. that he's yeah. poking and drawing from when he's drawing those characters. And maybe that's why. Or go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, I was just gonna say. And the thing that has still seemed weird to me and feels unresolved is in that story. Then we get that one panel of Sanji in a dress looking happy. And there was a part of me, yeah, part of me that thought maybe. He wrote it this way to be like, oh, this is the like that whole fear, gay panic, whatever you want to call it. But then Sanji like he learned a lesson. It it revealed that Sanji, a part of Sanji, he didn't know. He actually maybe will like embrace it and find out a new way of himself, which is still clunky, not the best Oda. But I thought, okay, the resolution, it might be better. And then that has never come up again. We don't know what happened with Sanji and So I think the biggest problem I have with New Comet is that it's not just a sight gag that comes and goes. It becomes a a big sticking point in the quote-unquote growth of Sanji's character because within that two-year time skip, Mm -hmm. the way that Sanji trains compared to everyone else is that he is running away from these disgusting trannies for like two whole years and like exercising his legs and it's like that that just means that it's now baked into his entire character Mm -hmm. now like it's not just something that like he had a faux pas or he was just being an asshole there it was like he used his like biases and bigotry to empower himself that's kind of fucked up when you really think about it like that is that he's, uh, and then you even get to like Fishman Island and he says that he would say lines like, for two years I had to run from the most hideous monsters ever. And I'm like, you don't have to keep going back to it. It's just, it's the fact that he keeps coming back to it as a thing. It's like, such a problem. Yeah, why would you? There's so much in One Piece. Hell's memories based on his time there. That's, just, I mean, even just also, Sanji's sorry. attitude, Sanji's attitude towards women in general. It's like he gets yeah. stronger when like Nami's in danger and shit like that. It's it's I th- I think I think the intention from him. I'm not trying to defend him because I think it's all really gross. Um, mm. So having said that, um, I I think he's intending for to show like Sanji's like one track mind. He, I, I Sanji is. Sanji should be the butt of the joke more if he didn't do he such should. a gross caricature of the uh, new comma. Sanji, not only... San, because of all of that, though, I feel like that really ruins Fishman Island for me, that whole plot line. Yeah. 
um, mm-hmm. which when, sucks because Brian has given me a lot of appreciation for that arc over the years. I, I, but I've like, always said it's the weakest of the New World arcs, and I still have I, I agree. Like, structural I agree. issues with it. Um, with I feel like Whole Cake Island retconned a lot of Sanji's personality and mm-hmm. tried to paint like I like the version of Sanji that before all this horrible transphobic stuff. Like I remember him the Unluckies when they found him and he like snapped their necks and him being this kind of like meaner kind of, I'm not like Sanji needs to have an edge to him or whatever, but in Whole Cake Island when they're like, he's such a sweet boy. He loved his mom. I'm like, who? I don't know. It's, it's felt like a, a character change. <laughs> yes. And I think part of that talking about this subconsciously was like, he was so awful to these people. He was a conduit for Oda to have the, probably the, to me, the most like bigoted stuff in one piece. Like some of it is misogynistic, but then I th- like Oda's representation of like cis women just flip flops a lot is very inconsistent, but a lot of it is really good. And there's no point where it's like women are and even like ugly women or old women, they're jokes. But like you love Kokoro or you love Kareha or, or these or like Lola and them, they still they retain that humanity that he like denied the newcomer people for no reason. And then like you said, it becomes like a plot point. It's in a, a central part of the character. I don't know if it, I, I do think obviously recent trans rep is much better. And it's like, is he deliberately kind of like trying to fix that or does he just not is it just like ran, with women it feels right like how much of it is doing, damage control yeah damage yeah. control that's yeah, I wonder. I'm trying to make it better i don't know because i mean like yeah. i i would say it's because it's not like they're villains they've always been fine like they're the heroes of the story they're the revolutionaries they're trying to take down the the established world order and i think in like sanji's got a problem Obviously, and then now it's become yeah, Otis. You, you can totally read it as this is just from Sanji's viewpoint. Like, if mm-hmm. say Luffy and the rest of the Straw Hat crew visited New Kama yeah, they would have been fine. No, they no one else would have all had a panic. been fine. And it's just that yeah. we had the unfortunate pleasure of seeing Sanji which, land on that island, which specifically. is Sanji's unfortunate pleasure because he's got uh, uh, homophobic and uh, stere- uh, just transphobic, at least uh, stereotypical representations of like he what he thinks a woman is. "Quote unquote." I'm using air it's, quotes there. It, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah, and 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 because of that, I think the pr- the main problem I have. I mean, I, you're you're all 100 percent like having severe issues with it, but like he drew them so disgustingly, mm-hmm. <sighs> and like I think if he didn't do that, and Sanji could like even if the, he drew them in quote unquote passing, it's and he Sanji still reacted that way. We can still hate Sanji for that. But at I least think yeah, but we know. That's why we're all afraid of. That's uh, why we're all afraid of the Kiku conversation too. It's still really right when he finds out. It is like di- I, I do see the difference. Not that it would still yeah. be good. It's like I would rather just avoid that from the beginning. But it is different. It's like when in an SBS or something. Like if Sanji got power, he would yeah. just appoint women to every position and then get killed or something. I forget what it was. It was just, like I thought that was funny. Yes. It's like making Sanji the butt of a joke because he's so obsessed with women. But like yes. said, yeah, so he, it's like he's it's been that since the beginning now. Mm-hmm. That's it, like his but, his point of view versus the story's point of view. I understand what you're I saying. I would I would much rather it be damage control that Oda is like trying to do right on absolutely and mm-hmm. Yamato because the alternative is that like if he's not conscious of it, there's the chance for that to go very wrong. And like every time I mm-hmm. I open a new issue that I, is going to have Okiku in it, part of me is like. Is this going to be where he screws it up? 
I feel the same way. Mm. Yeah. I hate it, yeah, but you too. can't once you yeah. if it weren't for the new. Kama you, you know what I realize is the most upsetting thing about the way he drew those new Kama Islanders. They look like the way that Ben Garrison draws oh, trans yeah. people. Yeah. Oh yeah, it exa- it's, it's exactly like, the same. It's that exact kind of like weirdly like fetishistic, but also disgusted at the same time. Yeah, because yeah, you know very, that's very the, upsetting because the, the drawing up, is I had so to look clear. Up who that. Yeah. In, uh, ben Garrison does all those political cartoons where Trump's a buff, muscular asshole. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that. A lot of them are baffling, but they are really They're all good. terrible. What's, all, what's also great is like, he's actually a good artist, but he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, uh, but yeah, let, the, you're don't, right on Don't that. say it's, that. Can you, can you? <laughs> no, I, technically, he is a, he is a fantastic draftsman. He is, the, but he is the fucking worst person on the planet. Brian, yeah, I could have so you fun. having. I could have that bleeped if you wanted. Uh, the, <laughs> no, the no, his, put it his in. technical put it skills in. are he good. Can, He's garbage. Yeah, technical skills. Yeah, exactly. I'm, there's no. There's no lie in that. Well, you know what? I mean that 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 comes to a point that you know, it it is so s- sad um, that you know Oda has the you know has the ability to do this. That also just like as a reader having to read something that you really enjoy and then having to to read something like that is just such like a very very sad thing to think about and it's you know i i agree with v i hope to god every day i open a chapter it's absolutely that you know i'm hoping he doesn't mess it up and a lot of people ask me a lot of like you know we get questions like what do you think about is going to happen with this and this i'm like i have to live in this day or else i'm going to be worried about all the shit that he might do with this and this and this um but yeah yeah that i mean that period in particular i remember being yeah, yeah. especially Anyway, I didn't mean what to. What does everybody think of but... Iva? I love, love Iva. I, I love Ivankov so much. Uh, I actually like uh, Ivankov a lot in in contrast with Bon Clay, I think, because it's it's not Oda creating a character. He's like borrowing a a real life queer icon. Mm-hmm. And then just the fact that everything on five point five is like people get to be who they want to be. So the the newcomer who want to be biological women get to do that. And then there are other people who still want to have uh, male bodies but dress as women, they get to do that. So it's like, to me, that is a much more generous and fair mm-hmm. uh, representation. And the fact that both... Uh, Ivankov and Inazuma are gender fluid. Um, just like that, that is the kind of like ideal depiction to me of people being who they want to be without uh, any stigma because it's just their world and they get to be happy. Yeah. Cause I remember the line that stuck to me. was that it was just a place where the lines of gender were just kind of dissolved and eradicated. Cause that was like that place where it was like that safe space for everyone to just like express themselves to their fullest or maybe even experiment. Mm-hmm. Like there's a surprising amount of history suggested just from that line. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that Oda does know what he's doing, which makes it so disappointing in all the other aspects. But it's so clear that like, he actually did have access to some form of terminology and considering that uh, he he knew a um, 
I believe I believe it was a uh, drag queen, and that was who Ivankov was based off of, yeah, and also uh, voiced, voiced Ivankov. Voiced? Initially yeah. voiced. Yeah. It's a very yeah, sad yeah. story. It is yeah, it's story. so fucking unfortunate. But, like, yeah, it's just... Uh, also, can we just appreciate the huge, huge cutspa of Oda opening Ivankov with... Just literally force femming a dude, like <laughs> <laughs> the very start when we meet five, when we see five point five for the first time. That that like made my jaw hit the floor in the best way possible. I I ate all of that up. I wish that I saw that, and I would be like the iCarly meme of just going, "Hmm, interesting." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when you're twelve. Yeah. Like you yeah. Go back into, yeah. Like what is the oh. This better not awaken anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. What what I like about that exact scene is it's not even you would think with any other character if Oda was trying to tell something else, even Kov doing that would be written as oh this is evil. They're using their power <laughs> on someone. But then like a panel later, the person they force him. Having a great time, just partying, living their best <laughs> yeah, life. And it's exactly. just treated like Eva's this great hero. And I know, I think it was brought up before that it is, some people see it's a little weird because, yes, Eva is kind of forcing someone into a different gender. Maybe that wasn't their choice. But I kind of have always read it as Eva kind of could tell that this person... Awaken it, yeah. Yeah, it That's wasn't just like, too. oh, I'm going to force you to be a woman, see how it sees. But Eva could like almost see and be like, no, you are a woman. You just like are of like afraid, haven't lived. Like I'm gonna awaken your true self. Type it, thing. It's the basis of a lot of like TF art and fanfic for real. I mean, Eva's just ahead of the curve. Or also, I mean, if gender, you just switch a back and forth, that's went, what, he's, that that's what cool, he says. Yeah. Right? You could mm-hmm. just someone pokes you with their fingernails or whatever, and it's not a big deal. And the next day, you can, I think that's all like that conceptually is like a, a cool like a fantasy, or it would be like versus the the like realities of like real life transition and how div- how many barriers there are and stuff. Yeah. Like to have a heroic character who can just like do that, and that's where I'm gonna I in our group chat before him, I said I'm obsessed with the, like tinfoil hat theory of like Eva having something on crocodile. Yeah. And 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 the fan theory of crocodile being trans. I don't know. That's another thing. Like if that comes out, how Oda would handle it. I, again, it's not confirmed or anything. Mm-hmm. But I would absolutely love that to have this like long-standing, beloved, like very masculine villain be like AFAB. Like that. Or, or you cool. could even, or you could even have it like what we were just talking about. That even Kof knows crocodile or has always known crocodiles. True you know, mm-hmm. wants uh, there when it, when it comes to that. I mean, even Oda's kind of seeding that expectation a little bit by when we saw uh, chapter zero of Strong World where it's in oh, the you past. Don't see his face. During, yeah. yeah, and you don't see Croc's face. So oh, I didn't like, know that. I, I've seen Croc mm-hmm. as a little kid. I haven't seen, seen that. that so. See, now you're just also... adding to my, like, my Pepe <laughs> Silvia board. That's when that theory really exploded because initially it was kind of like, ah, yeah, well, I'm sure, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But awesome. then it's like, we. And then you do see that one, one drawing Oda did of a young crocodile was like very ambiguously gendered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. remember when Absolutely. I first heard that theory, like, Pretty much, I think that theory popped out right close to when Impel Down came out. I remember not liking it at first because, again, this was 
was a lot younger, uh, more ignorant, but it was more of my idea of like, oh, that feels like that would be a retcon for Croc's character. And like, undo. it's the kind of thing that on like the wrong hands could be like J.K. Yeah. Rowling saying, yes. yeah, Dumbledore was trans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but as, <laughs> Dumbledore was gay, I mean. Whatever. Yeah, but as the years have gone on and especially more with better handling so far in Wano, like I think about it more and it's just like, that would be interesting. I don't think it would retcon or ruin a character. It would uh, at all. It would just it would mean that he was a guy. Crocodile. He was a dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, crocodile. I don't think that would hurt. No. To have if, extra. If anything, it might be Oda's way of trying to seed crocodile back into the revolution so that he's on, uh, he's on the right side. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Also, like uh, when whenever I see that scar that's just across his face, it always reminds me of the uh, top surgery scars yep. for ah. trans men. It's like, hmm. hmm, I wonder. I always wonder how much Oda knows. I'm always so well, fascinated. Who researched by that. the weirdest stuff? The most hyper specific cultural references come up in one. Exactly. Like, like it, he he brought surprised. up the. The freaking trash mountain in the Philippines, and I'm Filipino. That's so true. Like, yeah. He knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> Were you saying something? Yeah, he deep? does. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, I was Fake, saying uh, uh, that fan theory took my interest in Crocodile from being like uh, he's a, he's a fine villain to being like, oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, when is Crocodile going to show back up? I love. Well, plus, he's always been my favorite. I've been upset. I love Crocodile, and I'm like, please, that would yeah, be Crocodile's so cool. great because it's like, him and like, that. Um, Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, like, like representation of trans men is is like has its own problems, and it's like to mm-hmm. have, like I said, this like uh, fun, like over the top, very masculine uh, villain to have this thing. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. We'll see one day. Yeah. I don't know because we were we were talking about like old anime. Isn't there a character in a Ro- Rosa Versailles? Uh, yes, Oscar. Yeah. Yes, Oscar. There's a Lupin episode crossover where he's attracted to. Lady Oscar, I don't, I don't know anything about Rosa Versailles, but he's like, you like men. He's telling himself, and he's like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's like, uh, like uh, also weird playing with queerness in seventies anime. And then in uh, the woman called Fujiko Mine, there's a character named Oscar that's kind of like a. Pro- this is a tangent, but like a sort of a problematic sort of trans Please. rep character too, based on that. Oh, I, I, I remember that character now. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, Free I think Rosa Versailles. <laughs> I will. I, I think Crocodile does have. I mean, we talked about him a lot on uh, the 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 LGBT uh, episode, just because he also the the spread with him and Do Flamingo that was drawn recently. Such a good, spread. which I think. Yes. I think Jill had said, oh, this is officially the horniest uh, spread that's ever been People drawn. And shipped them before Iota. that spread, and I, I I never never got it. And I saw that spread, I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, eh, what, yeah. Oh, okay. Oda sees it. Then I yeah. guess I have to see it. <laughs> I think Oda's usually cool with anything, especially when it comes to that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so wonder, like, especially you know, as we chronologically move forward through the series, from you know, problematic to maybe fixing old problems like i wonder how much he knows um and keeps in touch with these kind of things i yeah i, I, I feel so like fascinating to me he has to just with my feelings of wano and certain things it seems like he's doing in wano i feel like he has to because it feels so starkly different 
That and even like Ivan Kov having like it's called the horm horm fruit, and it's like <laughs> yeah. that. That feels like such a specific trans shit post. Like I, I would totally just tweet that in the middle of the night. Ugh. and he did it before me. God damn him. <laughs> Oda rips off a lot of our ideas. You're not alone in that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah, honestly, if he's if in like the mid 2000s, he was going to drag bars uh, at the behest yeah. of friends. There's there's nothing saying he wouldn't have like dipped his oh. toe into like going back into Shinjuku Nichome just to see like what's going on these days. Yeah. He, I mean, he was there early. I'd you're assume that's the well. beginning of the anime. You're talking about the late nineties. Yeah, it was late nineties. It was because, um, Frankie's voice actor who is also an extremely flamboyant, um, flamboyant man is was uh is the one who introduced him and he was on us i think the first special the ganzak special i'm oh, relaying wow. a story yeah, that was correct. relayed wow. to me so i no, hope you, i'm telling it correct. I, i've heard the story and you're correct okay uh and so and after that they i think they really hit it off yao and um and oda like are very close um that's why he and, kept casting him as often as he could yeah i th- well that's i think how he got in and i know he wanted for bong clay I don't think I forget Brian. If did he say like the opposite of Bon Clay for Frankie? Because also Frankie's flamboyant in his own way. Uh, yeah. He doesn't wear pants. Flam- yeah, Frankie has like flamboyant masculinity. If anything, yeah, uh, the whole like buff barreled <laughs> chest and like <laughs> just like of pompadour. And then and then you also have problem in, and uh, you also have Django, who they who um I think was also supposed to just be based off directly based off of yeah, but. Anyway, that all being said, I would not be surprised if Oda's fascination in in all of this in both, hopefully in more positive ways, um, continues to this day. I'd be surprised if that were, that were not the case because he's always can, seemed to. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say we could talk about Okiku and Yamato uh, for more uh, happier times. I, lo- I love Okiku so much. I had yeah. this like unreserved yeah. love for that character. She's so cute and just like this beautiful nine foot tall samurai woman and her interactions <laughs> with Zoro and everybody else. I just like, oh my God, it made me so ha- like shocking. It shocked me how good, in my opinion, again, if it, that, that people are welcome to have problems with the character. But Next to Toshigi, she's best sword girl, in my opinion. Well, how he's been mm, treating absolutely. Toshigi. I try not to I think about say. the Monet fight. Like yeah. ugh, everything with Okiku has <laughs> been better than that. I recently reread Punk Hazard. I think it's probably my least favorite arc and it does not, I don't think it's aged well at all in regards to Toshigi. It's actually a rougher read than I expected. That wasn't good at the time either. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely was not. I remember that. It's like, what the hell are you doing here, Oda? Like, uh, you should know. Oda is just irreparably horny all the time. But also like, Wano, it felt like Don't horny shame. <laughs> it felt like Wano has been also a repair of Kinemon because I reread Punk Hazard and Kinemon is terrible. Like he's not a good character. He's oh very yeah, misogynistic the whole time, and it feels yeah, like that gets super fixed in Wano. Um, Donnie, he he did talk out of his butt uh, for a lot of it. That is true. So, yeah, I, I don't know what talking out of your butt changes a man. (laughs) I haven't read Puck Hazard since it aired or whatever, since it was being released. I don't know if I should. Yeah, the the whole her being in smoke, the body swap stuff with Smoker with her boobs out and then the Monet fight. Oh, God. I love Smoker. 
I li- yeah, and Sanji that, that, and Nami's body. Yeah. Just, the, but yeah, Zoro being yeah. like, I, I will beat this evil. It's like, what? No, like, Logetown, Tashigi is so fun. And then, like. I almost. I almost have complete opposite opinions of all you about that, but uh, Brian, you have opposite opinions about everyone about everything, and I'm usually always right. I, yeah. <laughs> I reread Punk Hazard because I remember, especially listening to the podcast at the time, a lot of talk about the Tashigi thing and hearing Brian's opposite views, and I kind of, at the time, leaned more towards uh, Brian's thoughts, and I saw Punk Hazard as, okay, if there is a low point, it is just the Tashigi stuff, which is iffy. So I reread it and then felt like the treatment of women, that entire arc, not just the Tashigi, was Oda's worst, yeah. I think, in all of One Piece, which in a way Dress is Rose saying is pretty bad. That's saying something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't say that because the whole not senior pink, the senior pink moment. Senior, senior pink and Absalom are just like, yes, yes. oh this? yeah. And then they but fart the, and she's naked and he's like, I'm like, what is this? This yeah. is weird. Yeah, Absalom is uh beyond. But I, think, I don't remember but the Absalom's fart. supposed to be like, who said farts or something in that scene where Nami yeah, almost dead, gets now. raped. And it's like, okay, what? I, Why? Yeah. It's just very strange. Yeah, but like but I would say Absalom's not supposed to be a hero. No, it's it's just Sanji a very is. Un- 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 so yeah, is that, it is. No, it's Sanji is a bad hero. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Do you know what's what's really interesting here is that all I feel like there's just this this thread through all of this about how much Sanji has uh, continued to suck through this entire <laughs> process. Yeah. yeah, and that's on like you was I'm the only one reading this series. It's like <laughs> Sanji's always been a goddamn asshole. I was talking so, I, to yeah. my friend yeah. about being on this podcast and uh, talking about some of the stuff that I wanted to bring up and showed them a picture of the panel where Sanji is like, this is hell. And he's running away on Island. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, Sanji's losing some points here. (laughs) And I was like, Sanji's already lost all the points (laughs) for other behavior. Like this Mm -hmm. is just like, Oh, he's losing points here. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, the second he's introduced, like he sees Nami and goes all goo goo eyes. And then he sees another group of women goes goo goo eyes. And he tells Usopp and Zoro that they got to pay up. I'm like, Okay, that's your that's your fucking fault. He's man. he's that guy fault. on Celebrity Jeopardy who has negative sixty thousand yeah. dollars, and he's trying to get back in the positive, and but he, it's it's not going to happen. It's it, too far. Like, it's too far down there. Yeah, right. it, there's just times though, like in early One Piece, you're always always an asshole. But I always felt sometimes that he was written as a way like. Yeah, he knows his chauvinism isn't great, but it's ingrained in him, and he's at least like. Yeah, he's a lovey-dovey trying to be charming, but isn't straight up full pervert. And then there's just, I think, yeah, I would say Thriller Bark, Bark is the turning yes. point where he's like, he goes full Brock from Pokemon or Master mm-hmm. Roshi or any of yeah, those enemy stereotypes. His German right. suit, getting the gag about the bathhouse or him being invisible. It's like, come yeah. on, okay, okay. Yeah. is this 1996 anime joke? Like, I don't, it's silly. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it is, it is that air. it's even further back than that. You're talking about like Golden Boy. Oh, Golden Boy. So, like, oh. at, at the very least, I will say that Sanji is at least better than that fucking grape kid from My Hero Academia. Yeah. Because yes. to me, that's the worst. Oh, well, and Sanji right. is at least, he's at least kind of cool sometimes, you know? The <laughs> only defense um, I will give Mineta, it's actually non defensive Mineta, I hate that grape kid, but the <laughs> author's treatment of grape kid. <laughs> is I at least always respected that whenever he was pervy, all the other male characters would turn and be like, 
you're disgusting and trash, yeah. and they would condemn it. Still shouldn't be written into the series and given so much no. time, but I at least appreciated that it was like, oh, it's not being treated like, haha, he's funny like Brock. It's being treated like, you are filth of humanity. You're, you're creepy you're, weirdo. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, like, that, that's why, like, in Seven Deadly Sins, the main character in that, oh, I can't abide no, by it. Because, like, can't. the women allow him to do it. I'm like, why would you condone? That's literally the author condoning it to me. And the author, you can't wrote just a say that's not backstory just- defending why he does it. So a lot of fans will. Def- oh, I didn't even def- read. The- yeah, I didn't read. I, that I read. Uh, I didn't either. I read Wikipedia, and there's a whole backstory of why he keeps assaulting the main character girl. And so fans will be like, no, it's there's a reason for it. It's like it's part of the story. Yeah, okay. who cares? It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, to me, that's that's when I'm actually. Above the line, I can't even defend no. not even the character, but the author. Because like now you're actually trying to say that this behavior is acceptable. Because like there are monsters among us, and you can say that these people do monstrous things for whatever yeah, reason, and, and they, they got, exist, but, and that's valuable in its own yeah. right. It's and, just and, and but then when you're saying that, but they're but when the the victims of the monster are uh, they should just let themselves be victimized by the monster. That's why. Oh, nah, fuck yeah, that. That's noise. gross. Yeah. Uh, Steering things back to Piku, uh, I want to say that, like, out of necessity, it's it's refreshing that she's one of the most like modestly portrayed women in the series. Uh, Oh, absolutely. On a personal note, I'm excited to have a nine foot tall samurai woman that I can cosplay uh, that does not have giant boobs Mm -hmm. spilling out all over the place. Yeah, and, and not only that, but even her introduction, like, it's not like you know right away mm-hmm. that she's trans. Mm-hmm. She's just introduced as an incredible swordswoman, and then it's like, oh, by the way, I'm trans, but it's not, like, in a very uh, showy kind of way. It's It feels weirdly natural, yeah. like, in a way that you wouldn't expect. Well, because Luffy really asks... Yeah, Luffy's like, "Oh, you're a guy." It's like, "No, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not." Like, um, that, or and then, then, then Luffy and Chopper are like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. How hard is that? that yeah. panel. Yeah, that's all it takes. It's so sweet. Like I yeah. jumped up when I read that panel because one, it was a tiny panel. It wasn't a huge focus. It was just, uh, "I'm a this yeah. one is a woman at heart," and I think Chopper was the one who asked. Uh, she says, "This one's a woman at heart," and immediately Luffy goes, "Wow, cool mask." Moves on. Luffy <laughs> yeah. information is just like, oh, your mask is cool. Like, but Luffy you see, is just galaxy yeah. brain. Yeah, like, <laughs> Luffy it, is galaxy brain. It felt yeah. so normal, and then it's never been discussed again because that's it shouldn't be. It was yeah. she said she's that's a woman. What, okay, yeah. cool. Move on. Let's. That's why one. we're all afraid of that. <laughs> exactly. Other shit that we don't. Need I, I love that page yeah. or whatever. It's some kind of like long no. extended no. thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Like and and what a dichotomy! Like we're talking between Sanji and uh, Luffy, and that makes me even more hopeful because everything I hear, it's like Oda is an embodiment of Luffy and vice versa. So that makes me feel a little more optimistic, hopefully, um, about the author. Like, but like I, that was that was a very very refreshing panel. And the thing about not to bring us back too much to Sanji, and I'll stop talking about Sanji after this. <laughs> we knew it would be about Sanji. Yeah. Uh, we knew this whole episode. I'm sorry, Steve, if you're listening. But <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing about Sanji that made him like extra annoying. So he had these he did have these really cool moments, I'm like thinking with the unluckies snapping their necks and and doing the whole Mr. Prince thing and all the stuff that most people love about Sanji. But it's when 
He let his obsessions, let's call them, his holdups, his phobias get in the way of being a good protagonist or a protagonist generally. So I'm thinking like in NES Lobby um, when he just couldn't fight where he, you know, like I can't help my, I can't help Robin because I can't do this. Um, or Absalom is the best example there and all the stuff with the new commas. Like that's really what's disappointing. Luffy is completely the opposite in that he just sees the person for the person. And I think we didn't, the, the thing about all these other extremely problematic scenarios is that Luffy wasn't the one doing the problematic things, which is really good because your main character should not be doing that kind of crap. Your um, your main character is the values you want to impart yeah, onto exactly. your audience mm-hmm. usually, especially with a shonen like this. Yeah. And yeah. that related to that, that's why I get frustrated with a lot of fans during Wano or more recent fans on yeah. Twitter. If when you have Luffy like uh, using the correct pronouns, not misgendering and just completely accepting someone immediately. And then you'll have fans like fight against that and be like, why are you fighting against what the main character is kind of teaching you you should be doing? Like, and, uh, see, I've muted. and I've also muted that he people. always does. Yeah. Like, even with Bon Clay, he was always like, you're cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll call out some people for this because I know it's a huge problem among the black community about like anti gay, anti trans like issues because there's a, there's a rampant amount of uh, uh, women being killed mm-hmm. who are trans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And, yeah. And, and because I see a lot of it going like with, not so much women. There are some women, but like definitely young men who like have uh like I think in some some states in this country, it's a legal defense this like if you were to murder yeah. somebody who was trans the trans panic and defense. say like the trans panic. Yeah, the trans defense. panic. At least it used defense. to be legal for sure. Yeah, the okay. There's yeah. still and some I, states. I think I, there's just a few. Yeah, there are some states that's yeah. two or like, three, yeah. yeah. It's not a New, lot, but New, it's still too many. Yeah. I'm in New York and New York just got rid of the the trans loitering, the anti-trans loitering law, which is crazy to me. Like, there's still like, I mean, it 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 ended up being that in you know in practice. So it's yeah, yeah that, that and, kind of stuff is still and, there. And a huge and an awful part of this is just the perception of masculinity that we yeah. have, and it's like this is what's awful. So that even like the 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 most fantastic character in the series, Luffy, all these people are following. Even he's like not being a bigot and you got people on Twitter who follow the series being a bigot. And it was like, no, now you're the bad guy. I think what would be great if there was a character in one piece who was a uh, uh, transphobic or homophobic. And then we can see them being taken down by the yeah, Luffy's like, shut yeah, the fuck up, stop. Yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. are going to get that because that's what brings us into Yamato. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oh yeah, that's a good one. Because with Yamato, literally the whole thing is that Yamato has been trapped in uh, Onigashima Island, unable to leave mm-hmm. by his father, who was right away, like, even, like, for personal reasons, like, obviously he didn't like Odin and just realizing that any child of his would even want to admire Odin in such a way that they would embody him in every facet of themselves. It's like, you could get why he'd be pissed off at that, but even just the simple thing of, like, constantly calling him his daughter and all of the misgendering... You can uh, tell that it's a. Uh, did he? Because he did. Most of the times I've seen referred to him as son. I, I, I forget. So I, the the miss there is one misgender, but it's not actually by a character. It's the Oda box because 
Kaido calls Yamato his son. Everyone there calls him young master. Shit, you're right. Oda oh, Box so says it, which that itself is still a problem because that has been used as a defense by many people being like, well, Oda introduced saying he's the daughter. It's like, well, no, everyone else says son and he, but that's caused a lot of confusion um, amongst the fan yeah, base. Yeah, I, I would actually love it if the yeah, reason I'm, that Kaido was keeping Yamato on the island because uh, he was embarrassed that his his quote unquote daughter yeah. was didn't uh, agree with the gender that uh, he had. So that would be a great strong point and a great point for Yamato to go out and seek his own adventure and to identify himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, my read on that situation was that like the the funniest option of Kaido being fully supportive. Of yeah. his son being a trans man, but just hating that he idolized Odin. Yeah, <laughs> really that, that was my read too. <laughs> that yeah. is a step too far. And cannot let you do. It, but uh, and I also like that because it was you can be of, any man you want as long as it's not <laughs> not, Odin. not Odin, anyone but Odin. Ooh, well, that's the one. But that's like, the one. <laughs> but I, I, it stood out to me too because like even the villain wasn't misgendering his son and like. And I don't, that just felt like it took care or was intentional by Oda that like, yeah, this character is a trans man, but n- that's not the reason his father hates him. That's not the reason anyone's fighting him. He just is a yeah, trans man. The, the Oda at the same has, time, yeah. it's still about, uh, it's still about his father not recognizing his self-identification. Yes. So mm-hmm. there is still that trans element to it of this is like beyond just Okiku just being like a trans badass and just not having like any like negative stuff about that. Uh, with Yamato, it's very much reminiscent of the way a lot of trans people are like they live in these transphobic households and they're they're just constricted by the pretty much house rules that their families put forth. And it it's a way to make it feel very evocative of that without being specifically triggering of that specific thing because it it he you're right i i totally forgot he does call yamato his son but he's still like you know keeping him in the island still like not respecting his identity yeah so it's still very much a part of that dynamic and the way that uh i remember like one of the most uh one of my favorite parts about uh, Yamato's story that like had me like jumping in my seat was when uh, Luffy finally breaks the cuff and they see it blow up and Yamato is like, so he was intending to kill me from the start, even if I ever left. Mm-hmm. And now I have no reason to forgive him mm-hmm. because that to yeah. me is such a powerful because I have so many fucking complicated feelings about my own family and how, uh, not all because like most of my family accepted me, but some of them didn't, some of them didn't. And, uh, I just get too many complicated feelings of, Oh, but I loved them. But then they just did me in. They just did not. I, I want to love them, but they don't love me back. Like that kind of thing. And I just love that Yamato's just right away. Like, no, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. I was conflicted before, but now I see that. I see his true intentions, and I'm like, I'm I'm done with him. He's no longer my father anymore. And I thought that was fucking kick ass in my yeah, opinion. I read I read that into that too. 
It, it dovetails really well with the whole like isolationist stuff about being uh, pe keeping people uh, under control and not letting them be themselves or not letting them like escape. It's just like a very Wano is such a dense story narratively, but I also I think thematically, I think it's good too that like um, rather than making Kaido a sympathetic son, a sympathetic father or just like oh it's just complicated having a son like this, it's like no he's a jerk who would kill his son. Yeah. I think that's a, lot, a much better way to handle it in this instance. It's also like we mentioned before in uh, one of the previous podcasts about the notion of found family. Like, yeah, Kaido denied Yamato the ability to find his fa family. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I was I was going to add like so. So one of the big messages we had in our LGBTQ episode was how some of the themes in One Piece, even if One Piece doesn't handle everything very well all of the time, are just like hit super hard to that. You know, to um, the core um, being of, of of being, you know, uh, gay, lesbian, trans, whatever it might be, um, and I, you know, I cannot personally relate, but you know, the idea of searching for freedom and searching to be able to be your true self, um, I think, is something that's very resonant through it. I don't know if 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 that has hit any of you as well. Oh, no, absolutely. It's an entire story about the found family. In fact, um, I, I want to go back to, uh, I have a lot of stuff to say about uh, Nico Robin and how I think that's kind of a trans adjacent story. I'll, I'll get to that later once we're done with Yamato. Mm -hmm. But there's a line, I was rereading the arc earlier today to get myself like, back in the swing of it. And there's that line where uh, Saul the giant tells young Nico Robin, no one is ever born into this world completely alone. Run, Robin, don't look back, and when it's unbearable, remember what I taught you. Laugh like this, go and find your friends. So it's like, the whole point is that you've got this big world, and the people you care about, you, the people you care about are out there. Your found family is there, you just have to go out and explore and find it. And I think that it. that's always been the powerful through line mm -hmm. that has allowed me to... If not forgive, at least, um, and or maybe not overlook, but at least uh, get through the really shitty parts because it's the through line that keeps everything together and keeps everything so not wholesome, but just uh, just really nice and loving and caring, and you're actually seeing these characters being like a genuine family and not just like best friends, like Nakama exactly. Yeah. So. I I just always felt that um, whatever problems One Piece has, as long as like they don't betray that central idea, it'll still be good in my book. And I'm I, I with Yo Shannon. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, and Frankie tell what I was thinking of when we were talking about Nuka Island is Frankie telling Robin. To me, this is like one of the most emotionally resonant scenes in the whole series is Frankie telling her, Agreed. you know, like, no one's born guilty. It's not your fault. Like yeah. the, the core element of Love you it. that you can't control doesn't make you evil. It doesn't make you gross. You're still worthy of like both Saul and Frankie telling her that. And then Robin coming to realize that, that she should live. It's like totally counter to the new comic stuff. Like these people are fundamentally disgusting, which is like yeah. such a weird um, mm. mismatch. That's all you can. And, that's all I was well, say. again, the, the view that Sanji is presented sees them as disgusting, but like, again, they're not monsters. It's the Oda drew them them as monsters but we eventually understand no they're great people sanji no is a fucking dick sanji's head. the true monster yeah <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. No one is born a monster except except Sanji. <laughs> it's very specific, but it's a true rule. I like. Yeah. I wish I. I wish I like that hit me and and you know the point of my life where that would have actually like sunk in because like that that is a really Im- important lesson, and I I think the with with Yamato and we, and we can move you know off of Yamato after this, but if you want. Uh, but like the fact that Luffy is also so accepting, Luffy is the conduit for the audience, and Luffy calls calls him Yamao right after, which, um, from what I hear, is you know the the uh, kind of male nicknames he gives, like, like to father-in-law, yeah, yeah, Dofi, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it is Tarao in japanese but traffy in english so but I, anyway um it's and, and then i'm I'm looking at that page where yamato you know yamato's mask come up comes off there um and luffy's reaction but also yamato's statement there that you know kazuki odin was a man wasn't he so i choose to be a man too um and but and then you also get on that same page the oda box that kind of goes yeah. backward there so it's 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 weird. And I, I remember discussing, I guess that wasn't that long ago, but I remember discussing it and it is a very weird, um, I don't know, dichotomy there. Or contradiction. Uh, or yeah. Like contradiction. Uh, that's a, that's a uh, I got a question, uh, only for someone who's more versed in uh, the Japanese language than I am, which is a ton is that of a, people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how, how important is the, the pronoun game in, uh, in Japanese language? Is it like, is, do they have like oh. gendered, Oh, J- Japanese like is a yeah. very gendered language. I don't speak it myself, but I remember uh, I read uh, the manga Wandering Sun. And what in the edition that I own, like there's a whole thing from uh, Rachel Thorne, who later came out as trans, who did the yeah. English translation, uh, where she's talking about how so much of the language is very gendered and even just the way that you say certain things, even like there's that whole joke in your name about going a Boku or Watashi. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so there, there is a lot of gendered, implicit gendered language in it. Like even Land of the Lustrous, uh, they use Boku for all of the jewel people, which is supposed to be a masculine thing, but it is definitely more, uh, kind of more meant to be ambiguous because, uh, in mm-hmm. the English translations, it's always they and there. So, mm-hmm. from what, from, so, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah, no, keep going. I was actually uh, done. So, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm relaying everything thir- second hand or third hand from Stephen, who, who translated it. And he, I remember when we had the discussion initially about Yamato, is everything, I think everything is Boku relating to him. And it's supposed to be, <clears throat> it's like taking extra steps to show it is he, yeah. you know, like where it did not have to be, um, it could have been more ambigu- ambiguous is what I recall Stephen saying. Um, and that they took extra steps to, to, show, to show that. Um, so it's obviously, you know, something that, that's why it is kind of contradictory at the end there or not the end at the beginning, I guess, when, uh, when the Oda panel comes up, um, has, no. has that chapter came out in volume yet? Cause maybe it's a, no. it could be a mistake. No. Well, if it was a mistake, it was a mistake on the Japanese side. Cause I know. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. They Talk a little bit more about the yeah, gender language. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, one of the only tells for Okiku, aside from the fact that she doesn't have like a 
bunch of cleavage everywhere um is that uh, she uses um the 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 way it gets translated is the the um the, the, like, this one stuff? this one this one yeah. is all mm. like very ancient archaic language that samurai would use to refer to themselves and is very masculine that i think um, so that's really the only tell in the flashback there was a whole thing i think that was there was also a like a mis there might be a misgender thing with kiku in the flashback or i think they introduced them as brothers when they're initially introduced, I mean, yeah. I guess we just don't know. Yeah, because that could have on. just been when Kiku did not have a fully formed sense of identity at that point. It's been a long time since I've read that yeah, flashback. I, but. I assume that was the case because Izu also identifies as male as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, even though Izu is very pretty, mm-hmm. <laughs> which no one denies that I remember, Izu is pretty. I remember during the war, I think we, you guys even mentioned this on the podcast, we all thought Izu was a woman. Oh, yeah. Straight up. yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. It's like, oh, white is like all white beards crew or uh, men except oh, for yeah, that yeah, one yeah. woman. <laughs> I well, also always I, that's something we're talking about. Yeah. Uh easy with uh is it Whitey, the uh the female Whitey cap- Bay. Whitey, Whitey Bay. Bay. I for yeah. the longest time <laughs> thought they were the same character. And <laughs> how could you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I just remember when someone then said, Well, like, oh, but Whitebeard didn't have any women on his crew because he didn't believe it. I was like uh, Whitey Bay, and someone's like, "That's Izu, well, a dude." I was like, "Oh, I thought that was no." The but same Whitey thing. Bay was at the time she was an ally. She's an ally. Whitey Bay, on the, on Whitey Bay was on on his crew in the flashback, which we find out much. Which we find later. out much yeah. later. But yeah, I mean, the first of all, having only male captains is a ridiculous weird. notion too. But yeah. um, I, I what was I going to say? Oh no, it's just kind of weird that Oda does tend to draw a lot of women the same way, but you picked Izo and Whitey Bay who do look nothing alike um somehow <laughs> I, I um I Marineford was a whole blur for me I need to reread it I, I remember getting lost yeah, in those yeah. spreads it, it's easy to get lost in those spreads I think yeah. um talking about the way yeah, that ahead, Oda tends to draw a lot of women the same the 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 one big problem that I have with Yamato is uh the side boob and I have a lot yeah. of trans mask friends that are perfectly happy to like have a bunch of cleavage or or chest out, but Yamato is not a, a, an actual a real person with agency. It's yeah, she, he's been and and by obviously designed by a Oda. straight dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. And so the fact that whenever he shows up, there's he Oda can't draw an AFAB body without just having giant boobs somewhere and i find that very frustrating and also frustrating sometimes in fan art um which like i i can't fault people too much for being like manga accurate with the designs but i just please give this character a little more because like there are two ways you could read it it's like it's like he already like hasn't had any ability living in Onigashima and under his father's thumb to yeah. express himself in a masculine way. So that could be part of it. But uh, still, like again, it's it, it's not like an exact thing because of Oda's whole thing with women. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's something <laughs> that's, I actually wanted it. to talk about. That was like my one topic on Yamato about what Yamato means for just the term uh, and the idea of presenting 
because uh, mm. for people, uh, maybe listeners outside, presenting and also passing yeah, as well. For uh, for listeners uh, who don't know, presenting it's just like, for example, I'm non-binary, but I could present masculine or feminine. But if I presented masculine, that does not mean I'm a man. And then we get Yamato, who, when he's first introduced, he's wearing, like, robes so you can't see the side boob. He's got that mask on that looks more masculine. It's got, like, I think a mustache and a beard, at least a beard in the picture uh, Zach put, and very masculine. Then he takes those off, but he's still a man, and everyone still refers to him as a man because he is, even though he's drawn more stereotypically, especially for Oda, uh, in a feminine design because Oda can't help himself, but it still, yeah. while I still see a problem with that, cause it's the underlying issue of Oda needs to learn how to draw women better. Um, it's still really cool to me that we have this characters drawn in that very over the top, huge boobs, same feminine face kind of way. But Oda's making a point that like, yeah, but that's a man because, mm-hmm he is a man like it doesn't matter if he looks feminine same with izu that's a man exactly same with izu and yeah for me as an yeah. afab person uh who like i don't know i i've had like the, the concept of like passing or like like how you present yourself or what you're obligated how you're obligated to present as a queer person especially or like as a trans person in the trans community and all that sort of stuff is really complicated and I think if 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 there were panels of Yamato that were like too horny or yeah. like like over the top like exploitative like a lot of stuff with Nami has been I think that would bother me and I understand too it's kind of Oda just being overly horny with his designs but I do like be, just because that you have a feminine body cuz uh Yamato is not necessarily like trying to look feminine or trying to you know you know it's just yeah. how his body is it's trying I to look like, like Odin it. Yeah, he's trying to look like yeah. Odin, and it's just sort of like he's just wearing what he wants to, and that's the body he has, and he doesn't isn't obligated to to be more masculine presenting if he doesn't want to, like to bind or to get go talk to Iva and get hormone whatever. Like I like that element of it as someone who is not necessarily interested in uh, surgery or hormone replacement therapy, but still just wants Absolutely. to be accepted the way be that I am. Empowering in its own I think way. it's complicated. I do agree that some element of it is definitely that weird horniness. But for me, just me personally, not speaking to anyone else as an AFAB person, I really like the design. Um, and I like too that it's like you're getting a more variance, like Okiku being beautiful without being super horny, and then Yamato mm-hmm. being feminine also without being like. I hope we don't get like some weird, awkward. Uh, you know, it, it's like we were talking about before, waiting for the other shoot, shoot a drop or whatever with Oda being gross. But I hope there's waiting no for bathhouse. Some, waiting for the song. Yeah, the bathhouse. Yeah, waiting for so, some. Just so put him in a I, cage somewhere and keep him away from these people. No, but I do want to bring this up because uh, I feel like this could be a really great opportunity to show growth in Sanji because there are parallels with Yamato and Sanji's backstories. Because with whole Sanji's backstory in Whole Cake mm. Island was he wanted to be a chef. His father's like, no, you're consigned to your family role. You cannot express yourself in this way. Mm-hmm. And by the end of Whole Cake Island, he saves the day through his cooking and making that beautiful birthday cake for. They, they also both and get locked up as children. Mm hmm. Exactly. They both get locked up <laughs> as children. So I feel like. Yeah. Exploding yes. Like- yep. I'd, it would be remarkable if Sonic that is such a great but, opportunity to bring yeah, that mirror yeah. in, and it's like, oh, now I know what it's like. I, I have that point of entry here. 
Yeah. So like, so the trick would be: Is Sanji going to perv out on Yamato the way he pervs out on Robin and Nami? So I forget. I forget what episode of Fight Together. But didn't we say we were all going to get together and write a letter to Oda about something? And <laughs> I feel like, I feel please, like sir, please. Yeah, I think that was the Pride right episode. Yeah, that was the at pride, the very okay. least. If he pervs up for Okiku. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, because he should. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Like I, I feel like the most Sanji thing he could Oda could write that could fix it is if if Sanji, without anyone telling him anything, pervs on Okiku. Uh, he still shouldn't perv, but pervs on Okiku, mm. and then just doesn't <laughs> react to Yamato, like and like mm-hmm. doesn't yes. go in. No one explains. It's just. Sanji has a sense. Now that's very wishful thinking, and it'd be cool if we could write Sanji without the yeah. perving. But it, it 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 does two things. Both it would be obviously uh, I consistent with his character, yeah. but also it also wouldn't be. Cons- it would be so the way I'd say it, like Sanji always had a code about women, which we all know, but mm-hmm. he never applied that code based on your level of attractiveness as being a woman. Not because oh, like not you usually. still reckon. <laughs> No, not yeah. well. Here's the thing: he still recognized uh, Quena as a woman. He still yeah. recognized Lolo as a woman. So it's just like it doesn't matter. Like your level of attractiveness, you're a woman. But like, if he does the bad thing and obviously misgenders Kiku or Yamato, then that's the bad thing, and that's the. the I, I don't know. I've I've right learned now. my lesson and assume that Sanji usually does the bad thing, as we determined. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's why even that's I'm crossing my so I do too. No, I do too. It's like we're yes. going to get comments about Sanji. He's our problematic fave. Yeah, I still like I have him. a Sanji like hoodie. Like I do <laughs> love this problematic fave. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting to, I'm waiting the face palm. That's all I'm doing. It's like Zoro and Luffy and Chopper and Usopp and all these other characters don't care. It's not like how they view other people. They don't mm-hmm. view people with like I think some of the stuff with Zoro with I women think it's here, just that but... Sanji's hang-ups are so loud yes. that they yes. can't help but like shine well, through. I, I think you know? the the trick with Sanji, and I've always appreciated this as a character, because like if he didn't have these problematic things, I think I would like him less as a character because he'd be too perfect. He needs something. I'm not saying he needed. Can he this. have I'm something? Less no, I, I I like that he's like flawed, and I do. Yeah. I kind of respect he, the he fact that flaw. Oda wrote his <laughs> yeah, yeah. it of just being completely unabashedly horny. Yeah, because honestly, like as much as like I kind of can sometimes be extremely annoyed with the horn dogness of Sanji. At the same time, I watch like. Everything that's like made today, like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like has been so sapped of sex. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, these, I would yeah, like those characters don't horniness fuck. to come back at least. Yeah, not a <laughs> single MCU superhero has fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been super into Lupin stuff lately. This is totally off topic, but like Lupin the Third, and it's like, wow, they're all adults and they have like adult lives and they smoke cigarettes and have sex and stuff, and not in a way that's like. <laughs> over like pornographic or something I'm like oh yeah i'm like in my 30s i don't want to watch like i haven't started my hero academia because i've heard about the little pervert guy and i don't think i would hate it but i'm like Great i don't want to look at a little 14 year old being weird to 14 yeah, this agreed. grosses yeah. me out um agreed. so i think yeah but then the other extreme like you said is marvel stuff which is completely sanitized and desexualized and alien to the human experience mm-hmm. to, to exactly. for a lot of people. I mean, not, not to discount like asexual and aromantic people, but when it's done to be like sanitized and corporate, um, especially when it erases queer stuff too, it's just, well, I know like, but like, so it, this is, this is an interesting point too, because Luffy, I think has been kind of that aromantic, asexual, like, mm-hmm. um, and he's icon. great. Oh yeah. Icon. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah. not and not in a way to like we need to make this family friendly and reach the largest part of the audience. Like this is who he is as, as a person. He's disinterested. Well, that's just, the just, thing. Yeah, the rest of the sex. The rest of the world is going around him. Sanji's mm-hmm. still being Sanji next to Luffy, who's yeah. Being Luffy. A lot of people in this world are very horny. Like Hancock and Luffy's is hysterical. Like, I'm fine. Hancock could have yeah, been meaner. Yeah, exactly. Like Oda could have done. A, I l- liked everything with her. I thought it was very funny that she's just like ups- like yeah, hard head over Hancock. heels I have for complicated this monkey thoughts guy. of Hancock. That's fair too. I can me see too. why she could be upsetting, especially absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, for me personally, the fact that she's like this beautiful woman and Luffy's like, okay, I think that's great. Well, don't kick I, I came around to her. Do I that. came around to her like during the war, where like the same thing that like he does with his overly macho mat, uh, masculine characters, he did with Hancock, made her like overly feminine and ridiculous. Yeah, so looking down her like, nose. Okay, you're doing the same thing. It's d- really funny to me, like a sight gag. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the sight gag's amazing. I also like just the fact that she's like ridiculously power and powerful in this world. But it was just like. I could. I didn't like her because she was just the worst. I, I think I really just need to reread Marineford. Is what I'm learning today is, I because oh she's great in the Marine. Because Amazon Lily, one of the main reasons I didn't like her wasn't like I liked when she was introduced as the worst because it had this feeling of setting up like wow this is the arc's main antagonist. And it's a woman, and Luffy will have to actually fight a main antagonist I, who's a woman, I, and then she the, falls in well, love with him, and you don't get that. And I felt yeah, yeah, I, I'm disappointed by that as well. Let me talk about yeah, like baby I agree five. with that. I wanted, I wanted them to throw down. I wanted oh, him baby to five is dress Rosa has a lot of trash can. I liked baby five all the way up until that part, and I was like, she was that was so nasty. Yeah, she has the coolest power. She is an awesome character, and then it just. And even the wanting to be needed was fine to an extent, but it turned it up to a level that was just so uncomfortable. Like, like the fact that she would turn in the middle of that battle unpredictably. I'm like, why would that happen? You can he could have wrote in any justification to have her still. Well, didn't she hate Doflamingo? Oh, because he killed her fiance. That was it. I just remembered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like they're all criminals. I the, for me that wasn't a strong enough yeah. reason for her to like join with Sai and the others. I think that's similar to the senior pink situation. I think that was just like Please, bad writing. Just don't be a part. pirate. If <laughs> that's the only <laughs> sorry that whole They're I hated that whole thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was that was something. Um, I, I mean, one last note about the, or since since we're talking a lot about presenting uh, with Yamato and and Kiku. Um, specifically, what are your thoughts on the idea of the mask representation too? Because they both have that, um, what was it? An Hannibal mask and I yeah. forget the other one. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, I don't know if there are any thoughts to be had about that, but I, I would need to, to know more about there. Japanese culture with regard yeah, to, I think it's a big part of Wano. I wouldn't want to make a, that's a, uh, something where I wouldn't want to make it. There's some stuff where I'll make a judgment call like Nukama. Like, regret, yeah. like, but but and uh, because this is such a deeply it's deeply rooted in so much stuff that I don't know or understand, I wouldn't want to make a call on it either. I think it looks cool, but I could understand some people being like, "Why do they have the mask on?" or like, "Or did they have to hide stuff?" But for me, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, it's something that's symbolic in the culture where, like, uh, like V was pointing out, there were tells in Okiku before Okiku revealed that uh, Okiku was a trans woman. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was another tell within that story. If you know anything, if there's certain symbols within japanese like mythology or like cultural expression they're cool so, masks Kiku, go ahead um her mask is a uh, hanya no mask which is a female uh oni oh. and uh okiku that name is also part of a folktale about 
a uh, a woman who is killed becomes a vengeful spirit. So I think her mask is just in keeping with that folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have I less totally conjecture about Yamato's mask, which I think is also just a different stylization of the Hanya mask. Yeah, like uh, you saying that. Okiku, that makes a lot of sense, especially with her character being one of the ones people thought were killed 20 years ago and then coming back. The, the, all the Akazaya 9 are basically vengeful spirits, so that's really cool. For Yamato, again, I, I, like Shannon said, I can't speak to Japanese culture, but I always read it as just him trying to look like Odin, but maybe there is something more behind that mask and what it culturally means. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look, since we're in the middle of that whole arc, we're we're yeah. going to find out more about that as it goes on. But yeah, you were saying? No, no. I when you look up Hanya masks, it looks. I think it looks like the one that Yamato has. Kind of, and it it does kind of look like a cross between the two, almost. Yeah, they uh, both have the like the jutting teeth that point in opposite directions. Yeah, I mean. I, and V, sorry, I forgot that you were steeped in Japanese cinema too. So I should have <laughs> asked you. Um. Yeah, I, 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 now I forgot what I was going to say, but I, oh yeah, yeah, now I remember. Um, it's that, you know, it's, it's again that thing that it's hard to judge, you know, right now the portrayal of Kiku and Yamato look great. Um, tomorrow, hopefully it will too, but, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but as we record this sitting here today, it, it does, it does look great. Um, are there any other topics I'm trying to, I know we were talking a little bit about Robin and his NES lobby. I think we talked to. Do you want to talk more about that, Carol? Uh, Yeah, I I really want to talk about that because uh, one thing that, uh, because there's obviously all this stuff with uh, Robin's past being about her constantly having to hide herself and who she really is. The kids called her a demon and a monster child. And she would always have to be, it's like she would always present as stealth whenever she was interacting with other people after leaving Oharu. So she, she wouldn't be trusting anyone. And that's one of the problems with uh, living stealth. Not that there's anything wrong with living stealth, but one of the issues with it is that there is like a certain level of dishonesty that you feel like those other people will assume of you. And it, it just really fucks with your head. And I feel like that's really expressed in the way that Robin, like, just keeps people at a distance at first. And that's what makes uh, post-timeskip Robin such a delight, just seeing her completely um, branch out and blossom. But I think the other thing, uh, maybe the most fascinating thing, and again, it's one of those things where, like, again, Oda has looked up a lot of stuff. So I have no idea how much it is based on this. But... One of the big things about Ohara is the idea of history being an important thing to protect the voices of the past. Yeah, because uh, there's that whole thing where they burn Ohara and all of those books are burned. You got that giant creative books books, uh, completely filling the lake bed. And they're they're getting rid of all of them so that no one... It's so evocative of the Magnus Hirschfeld Clinic in Germany in the 40s. And the Nazis were literally... um, burning all of that research on uh, gender expressionism, transgenderism. Uh, Magnus Hirschfeld was doing all of this research on trans people, gender nonconforming people, and just gender identity in general. 
And we have lost so much of it. Like, honestly, trans people could have been much further along in progress socially and culturally were it not for the Nazis uh, getting rid of the Magnus Hirschfeld Clinic. And that's that's so another I, interesting thing that uh, I think that One Piece, even if unintentionally, brings into is that I mean, the rights of a people, uh, like a <laughs> like a whether it's trans people or some other mi- minoritized people, uh, is very much tied to uh, fascist oppression and how like like it's honestly not even that much of a uh, coincidence that we're seeing a rise in neo-Nazis as trans people are like trying to bring in a foothold because Nazis see that as like, it's almost like a part of that history in that way that it's repeating. And Ohar, yeah. everything with Oharu just feels like so much of that that I find really interesting. And again, Oda being such a, well, an eccentric researcher, who knows if that was even an inspiration or not. Well, because we we last week was about uh, tyranny and a uh, uh, fascist oppression. That like the whole trick to uh, fascism is the fact that it always has to rely on myths about like an established order, ties to a family, creating whatever, an like, other. Liter- also, yeah, yeah, like a rigid order of like masculinity versus a suppressed yeah. femininity. Yeah. So like everything about like trans identities flies in the face completely in that. So you can't have a world of like open trans queerness and also have a world of uh, totalitarian fascism. Those things just are like oil and water. I've never heard that story before. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's like uh, Nico Olvia says, knowledge of the past must be passed on to the next generation or it will disappear. And that's what uh, getting rid of books, getting rid of that knowledge of gender theory and gender uh, identity was an attempt at making that voice disappear. I I just find that really interesting. I'm I'd be so curious to pick Oda's brain about that. That's really cool because I knew about the the historical context, but I never put that together. As you started explaining it, I was like, oh god, I never thought of that. Wow. Yeah, same. I never yeah. I never yeah, heard because, about that. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good pull. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's like yeah, I yeah. I was just rereading and I was like, holy fuck! I didn't even notice that the first time I read it. Ugh. Was that V trying? I just love Nico Robbins it, flashbacks so much. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, it makes me think a lot about the isolation of uh, Wano again. And a lot of, I think because of the kind of universal themes of both found family, but also one piece is a lot about social justice and these uh, structures of control that like, the the burning of Ohara, the the isolation of Wano and control of information that comes in and goes out uh, makes me think a lot about like talking about Yamato's presentation or uh, Okiku. It's it's fascinating to me because I I had a very fortunate childhood, but I have other trans friends that grew up in very locked down conservative houses that uh, they're they stayed closeted a lot longer than they would have otherwise, just because they didn't have the information of like, this is being trans. This is who trans people are. They exactly. Have no, like, it's like model I, I for understanding up, themselves. Yeah. Cause I, I grew up like, in a Catholic household and I did not have the language for that at all. So like, if like my family was watching Ace Ventura, like I would laugh without like understanding quite, 
why it was funny or why it was like punching down. And as soon as like I have the knowledge, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I could have learned about this years ago, but this was just kept from me. Like it's like years of my life were stolen just because, again, knowledge of this repressed people has been so tampered with. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like I mean, that's part I, I of forgot the what oppression. I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, well actually, yeah. Even right. I, I actually did yeah. come up with something else, which was that uh, with like if with Kaido uh, locking. Uh, Yamato in, not letting him leave and not letting him present, it's given direct ties to that fascist order that he's already putting out to Wano as a country. So he's making that direct parallel right there already. And and the parallels just keep coming. I, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And I'm reading no, it, and I'm like, I find new things to appreciate about that. I, I mean, like... I, I I wasn't aware of uh, of a lot of this, so this is you know. Thank you all for. Uh, inter- I'm gonna I'm gonna read up more. Yeah, that's on this the tragedy after. of de- de- burning that the, the history is lost, yeah. and it's not even something that's taught to people. It's probably yeah. like being in the queer trans community. I've heard about. I don't know yeah, if I would have we otherwise. Have... Like, well, as a we, Jew, we I thought s- I knew a lot about Nazis. <laughs> yeah, we have to. We, there is so yeah. much knowledge about Nazi persecution in Germany yeah. and Austria. But then you, it's like barely anyone knows about the Magnus Hirschfeld Clinic except for like really like deep in trans people and especially trans women. Because well, well, like, oh, because it, it wasn't just the Nazis who were persecuting yes, trans yeah. people. I mean, oh, absolutely kind of across yeah. the board. Yeah, they were like, oh, they burned down a clinic about trans people. Ah, who cares? They were degenerates. Exactly. Anyway. That would have yeah. been the thinking. I mean, like all of these things. Not to get too off topic here, but these things have existed forever, and it's just how. Mm-hmm society has dealt with it uh, poorly or not poorly in this well in this one case until all the books got burned it seemed um but like yeah it's crazy how i'm like just thinking like as a jew i yeah of course i knew that all minorities get, you know like got persecuted and killed and or or in, or put into camps but like i i did not know about this and this is pretty crazy you know, uh, we, we talked about a lot on the show. First off, it's really interesting how all of these things weave in together. And I'm thinking about, like, with the Robin stuff, particularly, um, the idea of being able to accept yourself, I think, also works really well with um, accepting past trauma, mental illness, mm-hmm. your, 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 mental, um, your mental self, I, I guess, your, your real self. Um, there's, like, a lot that could, that could be um drawn from there but also uh one of the things i think that's really important and and i think that one piece incidentally does a lot is to get people out of their bubble which is something you know i've i've trying to do actively every day i'm i'm on earth um is that you know getting introduced to characters like bon clay or yamato or kiku for the for the more modern generation of one piece fan um can hopefully um help uh, make some progress where a lot needs to be made. Um, but yeah, I don't know if um, I didn't mean to cut off discussion. Yeah. The way that like grasping the, the burning of the Hirschfield Institute uh, can help like, I, I guess reflect on one piece is looking at the void century 
Yes, and, exactly. Yep. And thinking about like when you're first introduced to that idea of like you can't just like lose that amount of time in history when it is a very real thing that has happened in human history and like how damaging and scary that actually is. And it's I think cool, that's what it's, it's, sorry, it's a show series. That's like the thread I've always been fascinated by the most in, yeah. in this series. It's Same. it's always haunted me all throughout like these many years. Mm-hmm. What could have happened in our own past that we wouldn't know about? And I I talked about last time being introduced to the concept of like flawed justice or whatever, or like the unfairness of justice. Very young. I think it was like important to me because I started reading One Piece when I was 12. The idea of like, yeah, people in power can just erase history and then claim it's very explicitly put in Bon Clay's speech of, you know, the victors decide who whatever, decide what justice is. And I think that applies to. Do you mean Doflamingo's speech? Or Doflamingo's, sorry. What did I say? Mm. Yes. Bon Bon Clay. Oh, sorry, God, no. I just got my. I was like, wait, what? They're both flamboyant pink men. That's No, I'm imagining. I'm imagining that. (laughs) I'm imagining that whole scene, but with Bon Clay. Bon Clay. No, no, sorry. This we go speak. Bon Clay just coming up to Luffy, going, "We live in a society." (laughs) Luffy just looking very. You know what? His nickname is Joker, so it makes sense, right? (laughs) So flamingos. Go ahead. But yeah. Um. I think people of like most marginalized backgrounds are used to whether it's like racist stuff being covered up in US history like I didn't learn about the Tuskegee experiments yeah. or stuff like that yeah. until I was probably in my 20s or even Tulsa yeah, yeah. all that like because it's like you think you learn everything in school and you obviously haven't and then but one well, piece exploring that it, and exposing like 8 to 12 year olds about that very young when they you know yeah. I I literally had to talk to a coworker of mine a couple of years ago who did not know the history of the uh, of the Alamo. Ooh. Oh, oh wow! God, yeah. Because everyone's like, "Remember the Alamo?" I was like, "Yeah, that was a Mexican fort we stole." Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, I was just gonna ahead. say it's why I'm baffled that like I've gotten hate and people attack me when I say, "Oh, the Straw Hats are anti-fascist," and here's a bunch <laughs> of social stuff in one piece because it's so baked into that in like every facet even like imagery uh like with ohara we're not making that connection it's like oh no it's there that's imagery that exists in the real world and that has happened because of a fascist uh, government absolutely and not i am to try and kind of i guess i'm gonna try and bring this around (laughs) but like we talked about last time um emu and and the void century and that kind of stuff being like the most dread inducing stuff i could personally remember it's very Mm. spooky and like the idea of you know not even like puppet masters or something like that but like the world that you see around you and that you know this it's related to our world as well you know you're you're getting a um what do you call like a a rushed over look at it's like your the, the adam curtis hyper normalization concept of like we're fed lies yeah. and it's like well what can you do but go like the fundamental truths we tell each other aren't truths or whatever yeah exactly yeah and like to you know to accept our fellows um in life i think is is you know should be all of our goals and it is at least you know, even if Oda has made a lot of mistakes in the past, um, even if Sanji particularly, but like it has at least been super heartening, at least on my Twitter feed, which I do mute a lot of people, as I said before, but like to, uh, to see this generation of fans 
both identify with, um, you know, these, these hopefully, you know, will enduring trans characters in the series. And also to just see people who would not normally, um, be, ex- you know, um, exposed or experienced, uh, trans culture, be more interested in it or be more interested in learning about it because of it. I, that's, that's at least very heartening. They're really um, happy we got to do this episode saying. and talk about yeah. this stuff oh, yeah. from this point of view. Mm-hmm. They talk about living stealth it, or all these why, things. Yeah. It, it's why One Piece is going to have a longevity to it that something like maybe Naruto wouldn't. Because right. it, it it's so universal. It's so like modern to like our times, to the times that we live in right now. Like It's never going to go out of style because these are such universal truths and concepts that it's talking about. I was thinking about this last week, why this series reaches and hits so well is because the story the story's trying to say something. Not just like it's not just the hero's journey. It's not like Luffy's a good guy, he beats a bunch of bad guys and become gets everything he wants in the end. It's more about like what One Piece says about the society the world we live in and who we are as human beings in in, in the world. And as and I, I, I and the, sorry, and I think yeah. that's why uh, it, it it's so global, and also it will be so timeless because these aren't. He's pulling a lot from history, and what is history? It's all the shit that came hundreds of years before, and that's also that we the shit that we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the whole the Ohara flashback is Oda saying that history is like maybe the most important noble endeavor you could do mm-hmm. because yeah. it is how we learn from our mistakes, and it's how we grow as people. Like they say that. Uh, Whatever lies in the past, if it is part of the history of humanity, then it should be accepted completely. If we confront yeah. everything that has happened without fear, we will be able to counter anything that but, will happen. Mm-hmm. There's also there's also a point where like the fact that there is a, a missing void century and having being a person a, a black uh, American who's literally has someone who had that history completely taken from them. There's also a sense of purpose and freedom coming from the idea that I don't let history define me. I have to know my history mm-hmm. to know how I got here, but I also don't let that that tie me down based Absolutely. on my own sense of freedom mm-hmm. and of identity as well. And uh, not to be the person who, <laughs> like, I've been reading a lot of Buddhist texts and a lot of about that, a lot of the uh, the philosophy behind that is, you know, finding meaning in suffering and being able to take those things which, you know, cause you pain and, and be able to use, you know, not um not double in the suffering but be able to you know see it for what it is live in it and then you know use it for for good um and i i I think a lot of one piece is you know that as well in that you know you look at the past and all of the flashbacks that all of our main characters experience are just these awful experiences that ultimately make them the characters that we love and learning from their history and learning from our history hopefully we could all you know, grow instead of by ignoring it. Um, and I, I would add also the idea that it would reach globally is also really, it hopefully will, you know, bring people who are not exposed to trans culture for an example, since that is, that's what we've been discussing here. Um, you know, hopefully it will, uh, hopefully it can humanize and, you know, bring people into, uh curiosity more 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 about it and for those people you know living out there who are trans but you know are don't feel comfortable because of where they are um 
you know, hopefully it could help um, provide some aid. If not, if not one piece, hopefully this conversation. Um, but yeah. Mm. But yeah, anyway. if, if one 14 year old out there reading one piece uh, sees Luffy being an ally and decides to be an ally, that is a net good in the world. Mm. And I think that's happened too, just from comments yeah. and stuff. I think it has changed. Yeah. It's just really cool. This makes me happy. Yeah, and and quickly too, like within the past ten years. It's why it's also important for you know all of us to be allies for people who, you know, because there are people out there who, um, who are in those situations. There are fourteen year olds mm-hmm. out there somewhere. I've heard there are fourteen year olds out there somewhere. <laughs> um, somewhere out there, there's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just one a single teenager just a single there is a single 14 that one teenager buying the billions of um, copies of who hopefully didn't mind us swearing fucking children of men <laughs> i i have one last thing that i want to discuss there's no rush. Like yeah, one more we, we would talk I, forever yeah, so no, go I, for it <laughs> okay yeah because that that almost sound like really nice closing thoughts but no no we get to <laughs> forever even. um uh Another thing is like, you know, another thing that we talked about, uh, you guys talked about in the last uh, queer representation episode was how like a lot of queer people uh, sympathize with like, you know, the the monster story, like the Frankenstein style story. Mm-hmm. And Chopper is very much like evocative of that. And what I like about Chopper's story is that uh, when he eats the human human fruit, uh, he's kind of just he's rejected by both like his reindeer family and also just the larger human community that surrounds it. So he's just kind of stuck between two different worlds. And this is something that I have always, uh, uh, personally, uh, looked at with a sense of just recognition because as much as like, I would have loved to have grown up in like cis women's spaces and stuff. And like, had like the very traditional, like cis women's like growing up landmarks, like, you know, sleepovers, makeovers, that kind of shit. Um, Whenever I am with a group of cis women, even like the most accepting cis women ever, I still feel just a little bit like, out of place, especially with my voice, with like certain facets of my presentation that I just can never like fully uh, make myself like cis completely. And that's like a huge like sticking point with a lot of trans people is like the need to like pass and the need to be as cis as humanly possible. And then what Chopper finds is that there's this fan that will just accept him as just like this third thing like no matter what and then as chopper like it's funny because chopper was so worried that like all these people like if he went outside the bounds of his world of dr kareha he would never find acceptance and then like out in the new world chopper is making friends with the biggest bunch of weirdos and freaks ever (laughs) and he's like he's talking with all of the minks and like it's all just so normal now that it's like how could chopper have ever thought that he would there's not even, fit in mm-hmm. out in Yeah, this there's world. even a couple of lines, like there's one in Fishman Island, which I particularly like, where he even accepts his, his quote-unquote monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, it's something that I always appreciated about Chopper as a character, 
And I also like, again, I think that you've also talked about this as well, but I also just like Chopper more when he was uglier. <laughs> just really we embrace that, that monster energy. Yeah, have to, I do like cute Chopper, but I also like monster Chopper. I like cute Chopper too. Like, absolutely. You don't have to be cute to be loved or to be lovable. As, I kinda, yeah. as an artist, I think I he's still cute in the that. other. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. He's so adorable no matter what version of Chopper it is. Yeah. He's valid yes, no matter what. <laughs> Well, like, you know, no no one, I, I think that's a good example of, like, no one's alone. There is a community for everyone out there, whether you know it or not. Uh, and exactly. Chopper has certainly found that. And it's the same message you said, uh, I think, uh, I forgot who said it, with uh, with Robin, you know, that there's yeah, friends I, out yeah. there waiting for them. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we could keep talking. I don't. I don't want to stop the conversation. I'm afraid to stop the conversation. Does anyone need to go? Uh, like, uh, well, I mean, and <laughs> I could I could wrap it up I'm, unless there's I'm anything. World's longest podcast episode. That, Let's go for it. No. Oh, not we even are close. literally a quarter of the way to that for us. Um, that, that's right. Anyway. Oh no. I will. We we could keep talking after, and it just yeah. won't be. I mean, ever, I, everyone won't get to listen. You know, that's uh, yeah. I, that, I, that's I all the things, things that I, I wanted know. to cover. Um, this I, has been if anyone else yeah, has anything ahead. I would love to talk about it yeah for sure if Donnie V Shannon Brian I got out the, the things I wanted to talk about oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I so, think I did too I have one quick so I'll say this thing Shannon that, that we could end it uh, going off of what Carol said one of my favorite uh, aspects of uh, like parts of horror theory is Noel Carroll's idea about the liminal and like progressive versus conservative horror that anything that violates cultural boundaries is considered disgusting or scary. You know, like if you're not living or dead or if you're not man or animal or whatever. But then you can apply that to like trans people, queer people, mixed race people and, and real world bigotry. And apart from Nukama Island, One Piece fundamentally accepts things that are liminal. It's made of liminal spaces and liminal people who don't fit in. And I think that's part of the beauty to it and um, what made it so disappointing when Oda kind of betrayed that. But I, I think it's... Like, really heartening and really cool over and over again with Chopper and Frankie and Robin and other characters. Um, and to see it coming Absolutely. through more explicitly with trans characters is really cool. I just wanted to, that's if anyone wants to sort of read up on, I'm a big fan of horror theory and film theory and stuff. I like Noel Carroll's uh, well, interstitiality. I'm going to say, I'm going to say in the description, I have like 8,000 articles <laughs> to link. I feel like this has been a, a recurring thing in the, in the more recent, in this season of episodes. Um, so please check all of those out if you haven't. Read up. I think if the if there's one thing we're learning from these fight together episodes is, uh, what is it? Reading is power. What is it? What's the history is powerful. The... Knowledge. No, is I, power? wasn't there. Uh, whatever. Knowledge is power. Yeah. Thank you. G. I. Joe? Yes. Um, I was trying and to remember. Yeah, GI Joe, and knowing is half the battle. Um, I was trying to remember library posters as much as I could. <laughs> um, reading is Hang fundamental. In. Hang in there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different one that's a that's a simpsons-ish one anyway this was such a great conversation um and really 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 appreciate all of you coming on here to to, to talk about it I, I we definitely could do a whole series about this and thank you for making it a compliment sandwich so i don't feel too bad um about the <laughs> representation in one piece um, but yeah, it, if we, we encourage, you know, anyone out there who wants to talk more about this, uh, let us know. Um, and you're all welcome back on the main show whenever you want. But, uh, before we go, um, want to, how, all, how, how can people contact all of you? Um, Carol, let's start with you. Where could people find you and your work? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at Carol Avery Grant. That it's exactly how that's spelled. No funny spellings on that. And I have a WordPress, itmecarol.wordpress.com, where I posted a few of my scripts up there if you're interested in what my writing style is like. They're long, though. So, again, keep that in mind. But, yes, uh, that's where you can find all of my stuff. And hopefully in the future you might see my stuff on a big screen or a streaming service. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully we'll see stuff on big screens again soon. Um, I wish. Oh, I miss movie theaters. I miss it so bad. (laughs) Uh, V, where can people find you? maybe end of the year. Uh, People can find me on Twitter. My personal account is VriskaChat, B-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Yes, it is an outdated Homestuck joke. No, I'm not changing it. Um, You can also find me. uh, I co-host a Japanese film club podcast that is a sister to the One Piece podcast. It is called Toho Yaro with my friends Alex and Joey. You can find that on Twitter at Toho Yaro. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, one of my biggest queer found families, uh, 221BCon, which is uh, the most uh, trans inclusive and maybe trans dominated spaces I've ever been in in my life. Uh, You can find them at 221BCon on Twitter. They are doing a virtual con. If you like queer crit and Sherlockian stuff, uh, check out their online programming for this year. And V, it's great to finally have you on the show. And uh, she's also going to be on the show for our film and media episode of this. So keep yeah, listening. I'm excited about it. Thank you. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. I, yeah, yeah. Um, and Donnie, where could people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at the dr monkey. I generally just post about One Piece, game dev, politics, wrestling, and a lot of shit posting. Uh, you could also, if you want, look for my YouTube channel, uh, Dr. Monkey Productions. It's a little out of date. It was only Let's Play stuff, and I kind of stopped that. But I'm trying to go through a rebranding, uh, focusing more on uh, uh, video essays, game dev analysis. Uh, I have a script I'm writing for my first uh, video is going to be on the... Uh, on One Piece and how the Found Family, uh, power fantasy, and the like, basically uh, anti-fascism uh, power fantasy resonates with people and why it's so different. Uh, so hopefully, now that I've said that out loud, people will bug me so I can sit down and finish that script and make the video. <laughs> That's how we do most of the things on the podcast, is we have to say it out loud so people are very annoyed when we don't do it. <laughs> um <laughs> Everyone just in agreement. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shannon, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves. If you go on YouTube and type in Stretchy Movies or like Fake Friends Parasocial, you can find my video essays, a Struggle Session, the leftist pop culture comedy podcast I'm on, or pop, pop culture analysis podcast, I should say, I'm on, is at Struggle Sesh. And Critical Bits, the teenage superhero queer body horror podcast, actual play podcast, is at Critical Bit Cast. There's various places. Thank you, Shannon. Um, thanks for, thanks for helping out this week and all weeks. Uh, Brian, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Dark King Zorro, one word. Uh, God, do I have any shows on the air? Uh, if you have HBO Max, <laughs> you can watch Take and Seek, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to come and 
spoiling for a fight on Twitter, that's fine. Oh, yeah, Animation Success Stories <laughs> podcast. Uh, we, we talked to animation professionals to find out how they got into the industry. That's ASS Podcast. Uh, check it out if you have any questions about yeah the ass podcast you know, cartoons yeah the ass podcast <laughs> it gets yes, me every that's, time that's the... every time is that on purpose Brian is that on purpose no, no. that has to be just on a, purpose just a coincidence oh, pure that's coincidence so weird. if it were me it would be on purpose of course if of it course. were me it would be a coincidence um yeah <laughs> it's definitely on purpose uh mm-hmm. yeah you could find me uh, i don't have any shows on the air uh zach underscore logan uh we do a podcast the one piece podcast every week um the fight together now has its own feed you could check it out it is in um chronological order of how we've done them they're they're in seasons it looks all nice it's on apple Podcasts. it's on spotify i will say my favorite review i've ever gotten on apple Podcasts for the main podcast criticized us about praising anti-fascists so you know go for that (laughs) if you want um, I prefer a five star one that says, you know, it's great that you hate fascists. That's fine. Um, if you want to give it one star for that reason, that's, you know, that's you. I think it's, I always weird. judge people by who their enemies are, Zach. Yeah, me mm. too. But mm. I'd still like five stars. I still need the validation. <laughs> um, so, you know, you could criticize us. Just give us the five stars. Um, <laughs> on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. Uh, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash one piece podcast. Um, if you have any other suggestions for shows, people you want on the on fight together, please let us know. I think that's going to do it. Uh, and this was a lot of fun. We'll see you next time, everyone. My name is Zach. Goodbye, everyone. Together